On episode 22 of Pixel Guide N. We introduced my buddy John. It's a cocoa game. Tim sends us beer. We get to know each other. A little bit of movie talk. Things get a little sour. It's a paradroid battle. Tim reviews a joystick. Things get a little romantic. Gobble, Eric. It's yes. Thanksgiving. It's November. We're no longer Halloweenies. We are Thanksgivers. All right, then. That was very uh, peanuts of you. Yeah, thank you. If you hear another small giggle in the background, my buddy John is with us today. Hi, John. Hello. Say hi to, say hi to the friendly listeners. Hello, listeners. <laughs> John's my buddy from down the street. We're going to introduce him in just a second, but... John from the block. John Johnny from the block. What up? Don't be fooled by the rocks that he's got. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that just happened. Trombone sound. All right. Well, it's a video game podcast. We want to talk about video games. So let's just hop right into some quick questions. Quick questions. All right, Eric, you got the first one here. All right. First question. It was, as we know... Most video game movies, or movies based on video games, are pretty bad. Like all six of them. Yeah, exactly. If you... I never saw Pixels. I, I only saw parts of it. Did you think it was crappy? Did you see Pixels? I did. I thought it was pretty good. Did you? I, got it. I did. I like Wreck-It Ralph. I, and the sec- I, have to... I haven't seen the second one. Oh, Wreck-It Ralph's... Yeah, I liked Wreck-It Ralph. I saw it with the kids. But I, I actually didn't mind the... the the pixels i it, it just i really? didn't i only watched a few clips of it so right. um but anyway let if you are given the money to be the director and producer of a video game movie what franchise would you base it on i want to thank you for letting me think about this one ahead of time because you didn't <laughs> <laughs> that's right I so did. i had to pull something up real quick yeah well think um, about it hmm and we know the the horrible ones were mario did you ever see the mario one uh, you know, I actually never did see that one. Never I did, I've seen huh? it as a kid, and uh, even as a kid, which I always just assumed everything was exactly what it's supposed to be. And like, oh, cool. I never understood that movie. I'm like, wait, what? How is that Mario? Right. How is Bowser like a dude? <laughs> like, I don't understand. I don't get this. Um, video game character. You know what? I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Battletoads. I think. Battletoads. I think there's something cool there. So it'd be almost like a m- mutant. Teenage Ninja Turtles, but with the Battletoads instead. Yeah, with the Dark Queen and punching pig things in the face. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That would be pretty cool. I, I say Doom. Oh, wait. And I already went there. Was Doom? Yeah, Doom was it. I never saw that. Yeah, the, the whole big thing was, I think it was, uh, was it The Rock? Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Was he, right? was he the dude? I didn't see that. I haven't, I haven't uh, seen the Doom. I'm sorry. But I remember the big thing about that one was like in the middle of the movie for like 10 minutes, they did like a first person section where you just walk you know walk around first person and everyone you know of course it probably looked really tacked on yeah. but doom 
No, I, I like I like Battletoads. I'm going Battletoads. That's my, that's my final answer. John, you! Oh, gosh. On the spot. Director of an old video game? Yeah. Like, you have to make a vid- you have to make a movie about a video game, and you're, you can be you the know, director I, and producer. I can't, I can't stray from the old movie Tron. Yeah. They made one, though. It, I know, but... So it would be a movie based on... Uh, well, it would be a, a, a movie that then a video game came out. Then you make the oh, movie now, based on that video game. Now, that's really unheard of, Eric. Oh, wait. <laughs> on the Sega Saturn. <laughs> right. Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah. The uh, video game, or the movie, the game. Street Fighter, the movie, the game. I actually own it. It's up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do I. I actually have that, too, for the Saturn, right? <laughs> so, yeah, they took Street did, Fighter. Did you give me that? Uh well I think I still have it up there. Okay. If I did I want it back. <laughs> so I make me a bad person. Giving me that. Always do pitfall. I might have given Pit, it to you because I know you like. Oh pitfall. Pitfall. Oh, yeah, yeah yeah that's not a bad idea. Cool. Yeah right. And there's a lot of room to for artistic license in there. Yeah. I think I would do a racing. They haven't done one on a racing game, so maybe base Out, one outrun, on where a dude and a chick just uh, oh they could do it really tongue in cheek. And every time he crashes and the car flips, the chick dies, and he just finds a new girlfriend. Just they just keep going. One. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> <laughs> one, one way to get rid of the old ones, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then, um, then he eventually hits like a brunette, and he has to like get her to change her hair color so they can go back into their outrun. Yeah, into their not quite a Ferrari. I could see that. All right. So nice. yeah, I think it just any racing game really would do, but base it on there. Gotcha. All right. Well, I took some artistic license with my question. Okay. And uh, this is uh, this is both for John and for Eric. Where's my uh, music? This is called Getting to Know You. Oh, nice. Mm. That's so... It's very nice. Just, how, do, how are you guys doing today? It just kind of calms the mood a little. Yeah, it's nice. I've got a few questions here. And I'm going to uh, give you a multiple choice question. And I just need you guys to pick one. That's all. <clears throat> Let's start with beer. Lager, blonde ale, or amber ale? Go ahead. We're going to go clockwise here. Eric, As that, we was do not, this that was not soothing. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, without a beer in my hand, I'm not going to be oh, soothing. We'll get there. we got to get there quick. What so. was the suggestion again? Lager, blonde ale, amber ale. I have to go with amber ale on that one. It'd be a tough toss-up between amber and blonde, but I think I'll go blonde. Blonde, really? Okay. Yep. I'm, I'm an amber guy. <clears throat> I, I like ambers more than blondes. Atari, Nintendo, or Dreamcast? Atari. You gotta go Atari all the way on that. I, I knew that was coming. Yeah. Dreamcast. I actually knew that was coming. Ooh. I'm Nintendo. Wow. Look at that. Look, you know. Diversity. Sometimes... <laughs> Opposites do attract. Pixel Gaiden. Diverse. <laughs> Here at Pixel Gaiden, we believe in diversity. Stout, Porter, or a West Coast IPA? I'd say it depends on the season, but now that we're coming on the holiday season, I have to go with the Porter. 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 <laughs> we have a match. Yep. <laughs> All right, joystick. This is a legit one here. Joystick, gamepad, or keyboard and mouse. Joystick. Joystick. Gamepad. That's just uh, of the era. Yeah, it is what it is. Yep. LCD or CRT. LCD. CRT. <laughs> CRT. Ah. All right, last one here. 
This is getting kind of a yeah. Why is it getting louder? creepy? Actually, it's <laughs> getting weird and and creepy. Yeah, we got a little Luigi, little Luigi's Mansion going on in here now. All right, music, and I think I have all these nailed in my head too. Pre sixties, and these are weird groupings. Pre sixties, including the sixties, seventies and eighties, or nineties to now. 70s and 80s all the way. 70s and 80s. Oh. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we just spit into our slot. Some 90s to now. Oh. I thought, John, I thought you were going to go pre 60s. 60s no, and earlier. No, no. I mean, I do like that, but. Yeah. That know, would be but, my second pick. But that's. Yeah. I'm, I'm the old guy here, so I have to go with 70s and 80s. I knew some 70s growing up, so. Yeah. It, it's honestly really hard. All of them. Steely Dan, Super Tramp, yeah. Bee Gees. I'm, I'm down with it. Led Zeppelin. My car mix is all 70s, 80s. That's it. We're, uh, we copyright infringed. Oh, yeah. Don't we just YouTube violation. <laughs> see, that was a different note. So now we're okay. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Guys, I forgot the, la- I forgot the grand finale. Hey, guys. <laughs> Cody's back. I have one last question for you. Mrs. Pac-Man. Princess Peach. Or Laura Croft. Ooh. <laughs> Laura Croft. Miss Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man? Mm-hmm. I can see you're, you're in kind of... Eric's into the round... The roundness. I like big <laughs> Whereas John's more into the triangles. Um, <laughs> the cones. I'll just grab Princess Peach just because she's so pure and innocent. Oh, uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> just like me. <laughs> All right. Well done, guys. Do I get a... Uh... hey That was the end of that. <laughs> Let's, uh, let's go ahead and crack some beers while I get yes. out some show Yay. information. So, uh, time. Don't we dig some out? Yeah, what do you... Well, let, actually, you know what? My buddy John here should start because the, okay. one of the main reasons he wanted to come over here is to bring us some beer. Okay. And I don't want to be one to disappoint him giving us free beer. All right. So do you want me to share the one I brought? Yeah, go ahead and crack that open. We've got some okay. frosted glasses here. Right. While we open these and feel free to make noise in the microphones and everything and pour them. I want to hear the... Yeah. Foamy oh. deliciousness of that beer. Uh, show information. Hey, guys. <laughs> if you want to visit our website, pixelguiden.com, you can visit us on Twitter at pixel underscore guide in. Eric uh, can be found on Twitter at the projects. That's D-U-H project. And I am oddball49, O-D-D-B-A-1149, because I'm weird like that. And our boy Tim Drew, from across the pond, can be found at sanction. That's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. We really would like to ask you guys... Um, if you would be so kind to review us on iTunes, that means actually like leave a written review about how amazing my hair is and how deep and beautiful Eric's eyes are. Um, do that on iTunes. That helps us out a ton. And uh, we'd love to get some feedback or some suggestions for the show or something you guys want to hear us complain about, whatever. So email us at podcast at pixelguiden.com. Eric's got the Patreon thing here. Yep. So I'm going to announce our Patreons. We want to thank everyone that is a supporter of the show. Uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash pixelguiden. So our supporters are Tim Drew, Jim Tessier, Henrik Lulful. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, I got no, it. No, I'm laughing I nailed the, it. You, you probably did nail it. Roy Fielding, uh, Gary Heather, Dustin Newell, Daniel James, and Josh Malone. Hey, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. I'm laughing more the way that you said it, and then you stared at me waiting for my reaction. Yeah, <laughs> like, so I wanted you to hear it. through my soul. So he... he this, this month is the discussion slash interview with him, and it was very enlightening. 
Um, and I wanted to mention something about Henrik uh, donating on Patreon. Yeah. He did something I didn't even know you could do on Patreon. He upped He his. broke the internet. So our tiers are, you can do, you can support us with $3 tier or $1 tier. He's, he, he supported us at 3 and then he raised it to 5 I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. That's my boy, Henrik! That's right. So, woo! Henrik, uh, we, we, I'm going to feel bad saying it, trying to say it correctly now. I'm at this point, like, I just want to say it wrong, just to be like, I know I'm not going to be able to do it. Well, Hen- Henrik Lulful. I think we should add him to the soundboard so we can just hit it. Hit him, the button. Hit him saying it. I hope he appreciates this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard your interview yet, but we've got an interview with him. Yep. Uh, that should be, I think, next, next episode, so in two weeks. A couple of weeks, yeah. Perfect. Okay. Right on. All right. We're gonna, um, we're gonna... Well, I want to also point out at the uh, $3 level, we announce your name on the show in all your glory. And I still want to find a fun way to do it. Maybe we should just start making nicknames for everybody. Whatever. I think, maybe I'm thinking nicknames. And also, Eric will reach out to you to do an interview just like Henrik did this I'm going to try to reach out to everybody once a month and just try to get everybody in because I'd love to hear from them. John, what is this beer we're drinking today? Yeah, please. Excuse me. Describe this. This is called Weekend Vibes. It's a just a normal IPA out of Coronado, California. Coronado, California. It's a uh, six point eight percenter. So it's uh, yeah. Have you had it before? Vibes. I've had it. I had had it once. Uh, a buddy of mine brought this over. In fact, this last weekend was my birthday. So oh, wow. Wow. Happy, happy birthday! birthday. There's got to be a button for that here. Hold on, hold on. How about? No, that's lame. That's not it. <laughs> There's got to be a good. Give me a horn, man. A horn. <laughs> There we go. Hey, Sirens birthday. work. <laughs> there you go. Hey, That's what I wanted. That's the I wanted the air horn. <laughs> exactly. Right on. What kind of beer is Much this? Much beer was drinking. Just, a, just an IPA. Uh, looks like it has a little bit of mosaic, citra, and Simcoe in it. Um, yeah, I don't even know so. what those are. Is that like street language for... Citra, oh, the hops. Actually, the hops. I thought that was the uh, five conjoined gangs in Sacramento <laughs> exactly. who constantly push back and forth for turf. Yo, yeah, man, I'm out. on the Simcoe's. Yeah, you gotta watch out for those Mosaic oh, guys. Oh, man, those Mosaic guys be crazy. <laughs> Simcoe for life. Yeah. All right. I, when, oh, we're supposed to cheers because oh, we're good friends. Cheers. And get, get, get good karma. Thank on radio. Thank you for the beer. You're welcome, my friends. We appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have to taste this thing. So, John... You guys taste and enjoy. Think about it. Let's get get your rating here. We're gonna do. Let's see on on the the can here. It's kind of a light booth can. There's a mermaid on the top, hmm. which makes me think out of thirty seashells. Thirty seashells. Thirty seashells. 30 seashells. Right. Okay. What are we gonna rate this this hmm. bad boy? Now, John, we're gonna get we're gonna get more introductions here in just a second. But uh, John's my buddy from down the street. Hmm. Um, I've always liked beer. And but then John recently got me into juicy IPAs. Yes, which I, IPAs. I, I, I never was an IPA fan, Mm-mm. as our listeners and Eric knows. Yep, and I um, and uh, either am I, not an IPA fan. But you've had one juicy on the show. I have, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. So thank John for that one. <laughs> I um, kissed a juicy, and I liked it. <laughs> yeah, and the funny part about it is uh, my my beer bill has gone way up since oh. meeting John. Because my rule used to be like, if you can't get it for about a dollar a beer, right, wait for a different sale or get a different beer. But now he's got me buying beers that are like eight, ten bucks a can. You know why? You know why? It's because we deserve the best. I agree. You know? I We're agree. getting older. You know, it's like we got kids, a house. Speak for yourselves, right? You gotta like <laughs> treat yourself a little bit. I aged down. That's the way I think. All right. What's your thoughts? Well, that is a light and crisp IPA. It is definitely not a juicy or hazy. So before no. we rate it, let's discuss it a little bit because mm-hmm. 
I don't like IPAs, but this is not bad at all. This actually is smooth, crisp, delicious. If they're light, again, and not mm. thick and syrupy. Correct. Or I, super I like hoppy. Hot. Like, if they're yeah. ultra hoppy, I hate them. Yeah. That's what I don't like. Well, I feel but like this... this is pretty hoppy, but maybe it's just more aromatic hops. Yeah, and, and I was having this discussion with my wife about hops. You can't have beer without hops. It's the flavor of the hops and the amount of hops in it. So, I I don't... I, I, this is crisp. This is it's, this is light and light. this is very good. Yeah. So like how good? Like how many seashells good? Well, yeah, am I starting this off? <laughs> you are. Why are you pointing to your chest? My chest. <laughs> I'm self-conscious. <laughs> um, eyes up here, Cody. Eyes up here. <laughs> um, I'm going to rate this out of thirty seashells. I'm going to rate it a. 23. Ooh. 23 mm-hmm. seashells. I was thinking off the top of my head, 22, but I would definitely that's, go out I and think get we're this. All the same. I, might, I might go 23 or 24, actually. Yeah. That's about where I was at. About 23, all right. Well, there you go. There's your yeah. rating for uh, Weekend Vibes IPA from Coronado. Mm. Excellent. Really quick, I want to touch up on some errata. Mm. Uh, two things of note. First of all, somebody called us out, and we can't remember who it was. No, Somebody I on Twitter called us out. Yep. Uh, mostly me. You just didn't correct me. <laughs> but we, I was going on for like 10 minutes about No, Mar- no, no. I actually think I mentioned it first, and, and you? then you went on. I think we were both as guilty on oh, that well, episode. Thanks for having my back, Eric. <laughs> Mario Rabbids is not a first-party game. No, it's not a Nintendo even game. Even though it's a Nintendo property. It does have a Nintendo property. Rabbids aren't Nintendo. Though, they are right? Ubisoft, who is actually who yep. made the game. Correct. Thus, why when it goes on sale, it actually goes on sale. Right. Gotcha. So we were wrong there. We apologize. Have you listened to the episode of Amigos where they talked about Globule? No. Not yet? I should. I, I think I'm caught up. Maybe yeah. I missed it. Well, anyways, they talk about Globule, and they read the back of the box, and mm-hmm. it describes itself, and this is an Amiga game from, from that era, the 90s. Yeah. They describe it as a splatformer. Oh, on the box. On the box. I think, from, they, were, from I think the they were having a play on words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole box was just dripping in, in you okay. know, what do you call that? So is that more of a factoid, not Puns. errata, or did we just get it wrong? Because what did we say? No, I'm just okay. factoid, I guess. I just found that interesting. Cool. That is so. interesting. So, John. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. <sighs> we- <laughs> more, man. This so, is such touching music. I love it. <laughs> what do you want to pry into your life? <laughs> it's oh, like gaming. a Hallmark episode. You know what? I could have paid for a second song that is royalty free, but <laughs> starts off subtle, but then gets kind of creepy. This one. That's right. <laughs> Let's get to the creepy part. This actually gets better. John, what is your history with gaming? Oh man, I know. I know you're not an uber retro game nerd like us. No, but I love listening to you guys. But. Uh... Wow, I think it has to start with, gosh, when I was eight years old, gosh, I'm dating myself, 1978, uh, there used to be this uh, arcade called Golfland mm. in Stockton, California, and they always had all the best arcades there, and they had miniature golf, they had bumper boats, and they had all the arcade inside, but probably best memories was uh, good old Pac-Man. Yeah. Pac-Man. Um what about this Tempest. one I have on right behind you? Crazy Climber. <laughs> oh, that's... In fact, I, we... I remember, gosh, we had beers, you know, a few, few weeks back. and we I was beers trying, a lot. Yeah, and I was trying to explain to him, man, I was just... There was this game, and, you know, there's this, like, guy that climbed buildings, and yeah. then they used to, like, drop, uh, you know, pots on him, and he'd try to make him fall, and then... 
next thing you know, he pulls it up in his in his man cave here, and uh, <laughs> and here we are. I have it in the background. It's just incredible. I don't think I played this. Yeah, I, we can't, unfortunately, because I was trying to play it, and I couldn't get to work. So I'm like, it must have weird, weird controls. controls. Did it have and a it, spin? It uses two sticks. That's it. You have to yeah. like reach yep. with one hand and reach with the other hand. There, there was a game I loved in a local shop that was called Inferno, and it had twin sticks with with buttons on just one of them. Oh, okay. I, I can't. I can load it up on Mame. I can't play it. You can't play it. Yeah. No. So it's that's the same. Yeah. Mm. What about consoles? Oh, the good old fashioned Atari, which I still have. Twenty six hundred. Twenty six hundred. Yeah. All yeah. Right. All original. Uh, kind of uh, got it from my grandparents who had it at their house when I was little. They, you know, played it at their house, and uh, they had all the. They had probably had like thirty games still, original games. Yeah. Um, do you yeah. still have it? Or I do. St- I oh, still have it. Beautiful. It's in my man cave. Yeah. Um, introduced it to the kids uh, about five years ago, and they were having a difficult time with the joystick. But, yeah. Those joysticks um, sucked. But they loved it. Yeah, because you, you had to manhandle them a did little yours, bit. Yep. Did yours still have the black thing over the top, or were they all like the white no, plastic the black, stick? No, it was the black. You still had that on there? Yeah. It was okay. the original, it's original joysticks. <clears throat> all the ones I ever had, it just, that was gone. Yeah. Oh, okay. That thing was... <laughs> And I was just using the, like, it's basically a thick, like, turtle killer straw. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... You get blisters from it. Yeah, Because I remember, exactly. that was the first thing to go, because I'd get them for my 64 every once in a while. Yep. After destroying them with, yeah, uh, yeah. track meat or whatever it was called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but the kids... Feel- but the, I think the kids' go-to game was, you know, of course, Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. And then also the bowling game. Yeah. Actually, I actually don't think I played the bowling game. I'm sure it was called... Bowling. Bowling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. I love. Oh, what is, when I was a kid, I would always judge them by the name, right? Yeah. And I'd be looking through them like, bowling. skiing, bowling, tennis, yeah. fishing derby. Ooh, that's got like two words. That, yeah. that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Asteroid. They played Asteroid. Introduced them to that. They loved it. And also, um, Pong. Yeah. One of, the greatest Pong. On, one of the greatest on there is Combat. When, oh, my, when yeah, my yeah. buddy Jesse comes Combat's over, we great. just play combat. Yeah, I have, it's co- I have combat. It just never gets old, and it's 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 a beautiful game. I'll have to throw that down for next time we play some multiplayer games. Yeah, mm. some combat. Yeah, even though you can cheat constantly in that game, we always make rules and get mad at each other for not following the rules. Yeah. Like when you shoot and then we just move like an inch. It curves. It curves the shot. Oh, and that too. Yeah, and then the ricochets. Remember the ricochet sh- shots oh, yeah. off the yeah, wall. Yeah, but I mean, stuff? if you if you knock somebody out and, and you still got a ways to go, you can just follow you follow them in and shoot them like ten times in a row before you finally get to them and have to like change tact. <laughs> but that's, that's right. not a gentleman's game. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, and then I, I, gosh, I remember even back in because I was really big in the pack, man. I used to buy the books, the secret books that you know you had to like follow the pattern. Yeah. And oh, so, that you know, so that, boring to and me. And then I had like memorized the pattern to get to a certain point, and I, that's and then yeah, I always win. I mean, I couldn't remember it to this day, but yeah, yeah, it was just great memories, you know. And I think that's what draw me, you know, to you guys. You guys talked about these retro games. Do you have any memories of hanging out with friends that had video game consoles, and and did you play those? I did. Uh, I think it was all the same Atari at the time. Um, it was an Atari club. It was, but it was so, it was so popular back then, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I believe what, what... When was back then, by the way? I'm sorry. like 1980? Right, yeah, okay. The funny thing is, during the early 80s, I didn't know... I knew one guy that had an Atari 2600, and I knew a couple kids that had Nintendos and one Sega, and all, the only thing I ever had was the Atari 5200. Oh, okay. That was the only thing I ever had at home. 
I was that kid in regards. For, yeah, I was. Yeah, that was the, the epitome of uh, like when we were growing up. You were the kid that had the master system. Yeah, oh, I, yeah I wish. <laughs> I wish I had had. No, you did. System. I mean, you, just, yeah. you had the Atari fifty two hundred. That's right. But well, you get what your friends have, right? Right. And so, like, I got a fifty two hundred because my my buddy had one, and we swapped games and had to. Had, and you guys grabbed yeah. that controller and you're like, "This is the best controller ever. Let's get it." Did you have any friends with computers? I. Did I wasn't much into computer gaming though. Okay. Uh, I think after the Atari, mm-hmm. a buddy of mine had Nintendo. We played Nintendo, and then shoot, after that, I just kind of like fell off the face of the earth when it came to home gaming. But I still loved arcades. Um, I think after that, I think the very next gaming system I bought after that was Dreamcast. Oh, there nice. you go. I remember standing in this That's long beautiful. line. Yeah. Yeah, you saw crazy taxi. Like, I don't know, three hundred bucks of my own piggy bank money. You know, just hard, hard working money, and um, bought that. And I remember there was like some, uh, gosh, I, oh man, what's the name? I can't even remember the name. Is this like bring back memories? Uh, like a martial arts game um, where they would, it would oh yeah, yeah, um, Virtual Fighter, Soul Caliber, Soul Caliber, Soul, Soul Caliber, yeah, Soul Caliber. That's what it was. I played that. That was all like the, time. the only fighting game I actually ever actually got into. Soul Caliber, I enjoyed fun. that. Yeah. Yeah, I just liked it because the way that the camera angles took you, you know, because you like started yep. up high and then all of a sudden it just had like, a great voice. And if down. I remember right, it was yes. Soul Calibur, right? I forget what he what they say, but the announcer is God I, Soul Calibur. Yeah, yep. it's something like that. And then they they announce like the fighters and stuff, and it's the the voice is really cool. girl with little clothes. That's the real reason you played the game. Yeah, let's be honest. Well, there was the, like three. Yeah, the chicks are pretty. Th- three hot. girls I on there. Say the chicks are pretty hot on that. But <laughs> so, do you um, have any modern consoles? Haha. <laughs> So I just recently bought the Xbox um, S1. Yeah. I just bought that, and mm-hmm. I pretty much bought it for my girls who love Just Dance. Yep. My um, daughter does, too. And so, in fact, I was just talking to Cody about the Connect system for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they're so expensive. Because they, they were like $300 for the Xbox One, but if you had the original Xbox, they're like super cheap. Yeah, if you go to like a used store like Fair Game in Natomas, you can probably pick one up pretty cheap. Really? Yeah. Well, well we we'll, talked to our boy Glenn at Legacy Games. Yeah, in you Elk might Grove, wanna, California. Yeah, you might want to talk to him about that too. I, I'm just saying Fair Game because I've seen one there. But yeah, yeah, you're right. The newer ones. It's the newer ones that kind yeah, of give some problems, yeah. I think. Because I still use the old. My my daughter plays Just Dance <clears throat> on the Xbox 360, so mm-hmm. I have the old school Connect yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah, that's what we have, we have downstairs too. Yep. And that's cheap. You can, okay, so you can buy the whole 20. thing for like 40 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> right now they just download an app on their phone and they have to like move the phone around and you kind of, you know, it's funny because they're sometimes they just sit on the couch and yeah. just, shake, just it. shake the phone and it's, it's, the, lame. it's super lame. <laughs> so, <laughs> get like, some ladies, exercise. No. Ladies, you can't do that. You As know? they put cheesy poofs in their face. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, that's, uh, but that was pretty much my, I mean, I've always loved video games. It's just, I kind of, now, but see, the Xbox S1 comes with Battlefield 5? Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. I And I played that. That was super hard. Um, yeah. I'm not just, I'm just not savvy as I used to be. But then I also played um, Resident Evil 7? 7. Ooh, I've been wanting to play that. Yeah. But I got to tell you, my go-to game now on my phone. No, I got to tell you, Just Dance. 
No. <laughs> Gonna be okay. Oh, wait, yeah, I'm kind of right. I'm kind of lame when it comes, but I love first shooter games, yeah. zombie stuff. Sure. Uh, Into the Dead Two. That's what I normally play. I haven't I haven't heard of it. Don't know what that is. It's pretty cool. Uh-huh. I can show you guys. But, uh-huh. uh, yeah, but it's cool because makes like, for good radio. It it changes you know the weapons and it kind of gives you. Ah, uh, shoot! I don't know. Just cause, I don't know. It just keeps you addicted. You I like guess. shooting zombies. Yeah. But looks pretty no real, good. though, because if you die, then it kind of, like, eats all your guts and stuff. You can see them eating your, like, hand and everything. It's pretty... But now it's November. We're past all that, oh, John. yes. We're in the holiday season now. we now. just I'm enjoy <laughs> pumpkin spice lattes and <laughs> hang out with family. And weekend vibe IPAs. And get <laughs> obese without worrying about our doctors for a month. That's right. <laughs> Two months, really. All right. Well, guys, <clears throat> Cody went and did it again. It is now time for... The Game Show! You're not impressed. I like it. Alright, thank you. There we go. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> Darn it. Alright, this is a new game, Eric. You haven't played this yet. All right, it's all new. Oh, it's a new game show. Okay. Alright, this game... I don't even have a name for it. I should have named it. But there are a lot of games on the Coco... Right there. Yep. The Tandy Color Computer. Many of them are... Not ports, they are just complete rip-offs of arcade games. Popular old arcade games. Yep. And for legal purposes, they had to change the name. So I'm going to go from easiest to hardest here. I'm going to tell you what the color computer game is called. And I want you guys to try to figure out... You can work together. Try to figure out <laughs> what the classic arcade title is for this game. Are okay, we ready? So we're, we, our job is to pick the real name of the real game that, yes. that this fake one is. Okay. The arcade, the classic. They're yep. all classic arcade games. Oh gosh, uh, they're, they're all before 1990, I believe. Starting with the easiest. Okay. This game on the Coco Two. Well, I don't know if it's Coco Two. This one that might be Coco Three. On the Coco, it's called the Contras. The Contras. The Contras. Which classic arcade game? Did they rip off when they made the Contras? Jeez. So it wouldn't be Contra. It wouldn't be Contra. So any other be- hint or my other hint is we're going from easiest That's to hardest. The easiest. This is the easiest. Oh gosh. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I would think maybe Commando. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. Com- yeah. Jeez. I have no idea. You have, I have it no right. Idea. It's Contra. Is it Contra? Yeah. There's a ripoff of the arcade game Contra. Oh, wow. I thought that would be too advanced for the Coco computer, <laughs> frankly. Yep, Color Computer 3. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. Second easiest. Okay. This game is called Draconian. Okay. I'm going to say it's probably... You guys work together. I... You have no idea? Converse. I have no idea, guys. I'm, I'm going to say Castlevania. Draconian. Draconian? Where's my button? Where's my button? Jeez. I have no idea. Bosconian. Track? Well, what? <laughs> so the reason this sense. one was easy is because uh, a fellow podcast just did it. Did Draconian? I I didn't hear <laughs> it, and Draconian doesn't have anything to do with Bosconian. We so are zero for two so yeah. far. Oh my gosh! Okay, you guys are doing great. Dude. I just want a little motivation. Have some beer. Have some beer. Yeah, that should help. Yeah. All right, jeez, Louise. Maybe I maybe I put them in the wrong order. That's fine. I this thought this was going to be like, hey, Rug Muncher, and it's like, Pac-Man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> whoa. Rug Muncher. 
Hey, we lost our rating. <laughs> we never had a rating. Oh. We're fine. Uh, moving on. Warning! <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I, but I, th- I thought the same thing. I thought yeah. it would be you know something similar yeah. to that kind of thing. But come on, Cody. This next game. Us, right, I'm not the one that made the game, dude. You're throwing us for a loop. Come on, paper route. <laughs> All right. Oh, all pa- right. Let's say Paperboy, right? Paper. I would say Paperboy. You guys are. I already kind of gave it away with that, didn't I? All Correct. Right. All right. Woo! Got what, on. one for three. One Woo! For three. We're back on the board. Remember, classic arcade. Yeah, 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 yeah. The bring next it, game bring it, bring is it. called Galactic Attack. Okay. Do you have an idea? Go ahead, throw it out there. And I'll tell you if I disagree. Oh, what's the name? Ah. Uh, gal- I'm going to say just Galactica. Or Galaxian or Galaga, right? Those are the two arcade classics. Galaxian or Galaga. Galactic Attack. Or it could be Space Invaders. Ooh, yes. That's right. What do you think? I'll let you pick one of those. I'd say Galaga. I thought you were asking me for a second. I, no, I, what do you think? I have to agree yeah, with you. Ask you. <laughs> I say Galaga. Galaga. Uh... Or Galaxian. There we go. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> give that one to you guys. There we go. You're on the right path there. Right on, right on. All right. All right. This next game is called Mr. Dig. Oh, okay. oh I got it. You, go ahead. I got it. You may or may not. You may or may not. Go dig, ahead. Dig Dug. That's what I'd go with, too. What? You're kidding me. Is it Mr. Driller? Is it oh, Mr. Doe? Mr. Doe. Or Mr. Do. Mr. Do. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Mr. Dig, Mr. Do. Right. Oh, that was boy. like a 50 50. That was like a toss, yeah. toss up there. Yep. All right. This one should be actually, this one I should put way, way up there because I know you'll get this one. Sailor Man. Yeah, I know what this one is. Do, do Let's see if John idea? can get it. Just, like, is it just Popeye or? Yep. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I, knew, I knew that one because I heard it on the podcast recently. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Yes. There we go. <laughs> this next game Marble Maze. I'm going to say... Oh, gosh. I mean, you, Marble Madness is what I would say. I'd say with Marble Madness as well. The Yay! little ball. The little ball, right? Yep. The little you, ball, you yeah. Like, you, yeah. you like moving around yep. on the thing. That yep. was awesome. Well done. Well done. All right. We're getting a little harder here. Not, not, not quite so straightforward. Okay. You know, almost as easy as Draconian. <laughs> Caterpillar. So I so I would think game. it's going... I'll, I'll let you think about it for a minute. But I got it. I got it. Yeah. Go ahead. Centipede. Yep. I saw your finger over there, well and I was done. like, oh, he's hitting the, the... We missed it, but... <laughs> I was like, no! The next game. Yep. Lunchtime. Okay, so I, I think I know, but... Go ahead. I'm going to say Burger Time. Yes! Wow! Correct. I, boy, that brought some memories back right there. Holy smokes. Burger Time. I haven't seen that in forever. I'm sure you it's got a hard. Talk. It's actually a really tough game. Wow. I like it. Actually, I like it too. I mean, but it's you, tough. Actually, I saw I saw the Coco version of it. Actually, it looks a lot more archaic, but it's still pretty pretty, pretty, pretty playable. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to find more sounds, but I think I'm out <laughs> right now. All right, Pump Man, Pump Man, Pump Man. <laughs> John, what are you thinking? What are you thinking, John? Oh, gosh, keep no, it G-rated. No more, no more Miss Pac-Man comments. <laughs> exactly. Gosh. Pump man. man. Well, I'm gonna just go with the man part. So obviously, I think it's the obvious choice, the right? Pa- the Pac-Man. Yep, that's what I'm gonna say. What? What would it be? What is it? 
pump, yep. man. His that dig dug, right? That, was, he, dig that dug. was dig dug? Because he uses a pump. But his whole thing, he like, shoots like an arrow into the thing that pumps right. them until they pop. That's yeah. right. That's, that's right. right. All right. Well, we Classic video on. games are awesome like that. Yep. All right. This game, Junior's Revenge. Junior's Revenge? Junior's Revenge. Correct. In the pronunciation of the Coco game. Junior's. Of that title. Mario Brother? Mario Brothers, maybe. I don't know. I'll go with him. Mario Brothers. You guys would be... What? Uh, what is it? Donkey Kong Jr. Oh, close enough. I should have got that. <laughs> All right. This last one. This is the last one of the round here. Okay. And uh, all the previous ones are worth one point. This one's worth 170,000 points. So we could okay. win with this. You could win or lose with this question. Okay. Do or die. There are two games... There are both copies of this game. I will name both of them right now. And I'm putting my finger over the yes button here because you're going to get this, right? Buzzard Bait. Okay. And Lancer. Okay, I, I Joust. Joust. You guys are winners! Winner, winner, chicken well dinner. Done. A winner is us. <laughs> what? You win. Nice. There we go. I like it. Well done. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I felt like the dungeon master. <laughs> I can't believe we missed. I had more fun creating the math, the 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 game than playing those, it. I love those questions. Other than the last couple letters of Draconian, I don't know how you relate that to Bosconian. I mean, <laughs> for whatever reason, name, my mind. I thought like, I thought Draconian, we heard a review on it recently, like, but whatever. Draconian is kind of gothic, so I was like, it's got to be Castlevania. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Anyway, all right, guys. I think we're uh, time to do some news. Right on. Now, if you're new to the show, you might think, great, I would love to be caught up on some new happenings and goings-on. Absolutely. But this is news to us, so this stuff <laughs> may or may not be accurate, may, yeah. or be, may or may not be news. It's fake news. It's news to fake us. News. It's news to us, and it's important. It's important because I say it is. By the way, I want to officially announce that going on Twitter and seeing a lot of people have bought stuff based on our recommendations. Yeah. I'm I, I'm gonna officially officially con- consider myself an influencer. So <laughs> keep yourself warned. You may or may not be uh, spending your money based on what I tell you right now. That that's confidence. You should you should buy what we say, and then I'm gonna go buy stocks on the stuff we talk about. Great. Anyways, new Pixel Guide and clothing line. <laughs> exactly. You should all go buy that. Get your PG rags on, cuz. Actually, yeah. you and I talked about that. We might be coming out with something in the future. I hope so. We've uh, we've got some things on uh, online we, of us wearing our shirts and uh, some stuff we made for ourselves, and people have requested things. So yeah. I'm looking P- into that. PJs. P- yeah. P- oh. PJs. PG PJs. Yes. PG PJs. Yep. But with, uh, with Burger Time imagery on them. Yeah. <laughs> with the holidays coming up, that's a perfect family photo. Oh, yes. <laughs> Um, item number one, Bloodstained, for yeah. the Nintendo Switch, which I've been complaining for months now about how it's glitchy and doesn't work, and I had to stop after playing ten hours. Yeah. The patch did come out, and it fixed all my issues. All your, all of them. Yay! Good. Yep. So I'm playing, well, there's, we, me and I both noticed some slowdown on yeah. parts of it. On exactly the same part. Yep. But I just wonder if it's that part. I'd like to play the PS4 or Xbox version of that one level and see if it's smoother. It's your money. Because it, well, <laughs> you, you buy not, that and report back. Let us know. I'm not going to buy it again, but I want to know somebody. <laughs> I, I, maybe I'll go online, look at some videos, and see if it slows down. And that, because your, your sprite gets so much smaller 
that I'm wondering if it's just so much stuff going on the screen that because of the scaling effect that it's slower because of that. I agree, but I played it before that and I didn't <laughs> notice it. Okay. So, but I don't know. Anyways, long story short, I do not have the game crash on me when I look at certain bookshelves. I do not have the game crash on me when I go in certain rooms. Yeah. It fixed it. Good. And I, awesome. I, I, you told me about the patch. I went and downloaded it immediately and I haven't had any issues. And like I said, I noticed slowdowns and cuts between levels would take forever with that spinning diagram mm-hmm. in the bottom. All that stuff is better now. Um, and I, I don't want this to become a bloodstained, you know, where we gush about it, but I'm still loving that oh, game. I, I always loved it. My issue was just that port, and they fixed it. Yeah. So. Problem is, they bought a physical, and that physical is worth nothing because it doesn't have the update on it. Right. <laughs> right. Yay, modern media. <laughs> but I, I'm loving it. I, I'm i 45% through now, I think was the last percentage I looked at. Yeah, I think I'm pretty close, too. And I'm, I'm still, usually, you know me, I, I ditch a game by now. I'm like, I'm done with this. You know, I'm moving to the next thing. I'm, I, I absolutely love it, which is weird because I was never, I never stuck with a Castlevania game. Hmm. They just got repetitive or too boring Even for me or whatever. Night? Even Symphony and I got much further with, and the funny thing is, after playing Bloodstain, when I'm done with it, I think I'm going to go back and tackle Symphony of the Night again. Yeah. Because I, I know this is going to sound weird, but I think I've developed some skills in Bloodstain. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. That I will transfer to Castlevania. Eric, known for his gaming regimen, his <laughs> skills. Well, my skills are slow to develop. <laughs> so... So yeah, I'm 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 actually really loving Bloodstained. Like I I think I texted you this. I, it may become my game of the game of the platform, like for Switch. Okay. Like okay. I think it might end up being one of my favorites on Switch. Gotcha. So anyway, did you hear that Atari VCS? I did. Hear the this. console that keeps on giving Ugh. that doesn't exist. Uh, they did not pay their designer, so he quit after a year of I guess d- designing the hardware. Yep. He went out and basically told the world, hey, I made the whole thing, but they didn't pay me, so they don't get it. I quit. Yeah. And then like that day, Atari magically releases a, a press release telling everybody, hey, it's coming along nicely. It's going and great. Things are going great. <laughs> so get ready for your Atari shortly. So you know I'm usually positivity Eric. Like, I always try to find the positive <laughs> side of everything. I really do. But this is going to be a monumental turn. This is going to be bad. <laughs> even if it comes out, even if it comes out, which I don't think it will, but let's say it does, it's going to be... Like, uh, a Raspberry Pi is going to be better than this. It's literally a, a copy of a Raspberry Pi in a mm-hmm. pretty-looking case Yep, for 250 or $350. But it won't be as good as the Raspberry Pi. It'll but, be. Cre- but did you see the spin they put on it? They were saying things about it like, uh, completely open-ended architecture. You can have, like, whatever you want on it. Very open protocol. Like, all this stuff. Like, basically saying... It's going to be a Raspberry Pi it's case. It's basically... It's a computer. You, you so have to program be, stuff. Is it, so, is it, was it, <laughs> how much was it? Like, 300 bucks? 200 It depends on the model, yeah. Remember, yes. they had the 4 meg and the 8 meg. So, it's literally going to be a $300 Raspberry Pi case. Yeah. I, I, I mean, mean, it's not a Raspberry Pi, but it is a, a, just another computer on a chip kind of yeah. one board... They, they really should just throw in the towel right now and just say, hey, no. we screwed up. Or just pay the guy. I mean, either way, it's not going to be a great product, but right. they already have $3 million in pre-orders. Yeah. Oh, wow. So just pay the guy. So other than Commodore, Atari is like that brand that is the most tragic story of them all. Because yeah. like, yeah, I know, John, you're the big Atari fan. Yeah. Commodore? Coleco? L- 
no, Commodore, like they went bankrupt and out of oh. business, and that that trademark Commodore has been handed. It's been handed around to all these different fly-by-night organizations. There was a Commodore cell phone. Yeah. There was a Commodore, you know, it, it, it's just the, the name Commodore doesn't mean anything anymore. And someday Atari is going to mean the same thing. Mm. So anyway, and, and that's Sorry, tragic. John. That's too bad. Your childhood. Yep. Wrapped up in fiasco. Jeez. So sad. So <laughs> the next news item, Bubble Bobble 4. Which I, we talked about last episode. Yep, Friends is coming out. But they, they have you seen the latest videos and no, I haven't. And doodads and whatnots? It's going to have four player co op. Um, oh, it, very cool. It's going to have kind of more like I think they call it like two point five dimensional graphics. Like it's very kind of three D ish looking. That always scares me. It scares you. It sometimes right. it's done well. Sometimes Mega it's Man not. Eleven did it well. Yeah. So some games do it well. Some games don't. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to this. And they're going to have a physical copy, too. Bubble Bobble 4, Friends. Lots of co-op options. It's going to be... I think it looks really cool. So I think I'm in on it. Yeah. No, I I love the concept. Good game. Yep. Bubble Bubble. Um, this one's interesting. Have you heard of this? Uh, it, 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 I guess it recently hit the internet again, probably. I don't think it's like brand new news. But there was a, uh, apparently a band called Prodigal. It's mm-hmm. a Christian rock band from 1984, apparently. They released an album called Electric Eyes. Hmm. Um, and if you... Th- so somebody did a, uh, just recently did a whole um, YouTube video, like 20 minutes on it. But basically, you take the record out, and if you look on the inside of the record next to the sticker, there's engraved in there in very small letters that just says C64. So if you actually turn it to side two, apparently... Mm-hmm. And you play it on, put the uh, needle on the runout groove. You know how, like, when the record finishes, it mm-hmm. quickly yep. goes to the center and just spins in a circle. Well, it goes to the center and then spins just a few revolutions. But there's audio there. If you take that audio, record it to a cassette player, put that in your Commodore 64, a program runs. Yeah, and it's like a basic program wow. from what I heard. But it, it, it's kind of like a little demo or whatever that just shows. I saw it. Literally, all it was is yeah. a screen comes up with a quote from Albert Einstein and a quote from Jesus. Yep, from the Bible. Just. That's it. <laughs> and it's written in basic, so, so you can cool look at that. the code and everything. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool, but complicated at the same time. Not for nerds. Oh, yeah, well, for me. I'm just an <laughs> average guy who just drinks beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funny, because the guy totally did run it completely off yep. of that, put it onto a tape, but then he spent, according to him, 64 minutes Wow. <laughs> trying to get the volume and everything figured out Which to actually re- run it. Because I, I heard the same thing, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, I would have just plugged my record player right into my Commodore 64. I have like this little yeah. audio device. I would have just plugged it right in, been good to go. But, yeah. But record record players put a really low signal. So if that's what it needed, that Mine's would be Mine's got built an amplifier, so oh. I don't know about yours. <laughs> wow, though. Um, House of the Dead 1 and 2 are coming to Switch. I've never played House of the Dead. That's why, and you probably heard me talk about it like every episode lately. What love them? Is what was the original platform for House of the Dead? Uh, well, arcade game. They're both arcade games primarily. They they were in the arcade. Mm-hmm. House of the Dead. Yeah, right? they were the sh- like a light gun shooter. Oh, the light gun shooter. Okay, I know what it is now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And I have it on Dreamcast, and I have them on Wii, and I have them on. So how are? Is it going to use like a Joy-Con for the gun? Or That's something? what I was trying to figure it out. I don't know exactly how it's going to work. I'm very curious. Yeah. Because with the Wii, it made sense, because you had the the Wii. You could point at the screen and mm-hmm. sensor bar. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, the one for the Dreamcast, you actually just moved a reticle around the screen, unless you had a Dreamcast gun and a CRT. Yeah, and I always hated that. Yeah. I, I want the gun. 
Yeah. I want the gun. Give me guns. <laughs> so, Speaking uh, of uh, ports, uh, there's a Cotton remake coming. Okay. I don't know if you heard about this. I didn't hear about it, So I, I love me some cotton. Coming to Switch. One okay. of the cool things about it is they're including the original 6800 mode, which means, if I'm not mistaken... 68,000 mode? I'm sorry, 68,000 mode. Okay. Which I believe is the Sharp, the Japanese the Japanese, ah. Yeah. Which, it pretty much, from what I've read about this, the, that Sharp, that's pretty much an arcade board shoved into a computer... They're pricey. Chassis. I've seen them. They're like, very pricey. I looked them up. I'm like, I wonder how much those go for. And they're like two grand. Not to mention and the they're games always are really expensive. Like they're all in Japanese, so you better practice up some Japanese to do any commands or anything on that thing. So, I've heard they're very hard to to deal with as a retro enthusiast importing them here. Yeah, because they're not. You know, at least with the MSX, like basic is in English. Like this one, I heard is mostly in Japanese. So, but I love cotton. Yeah. Um, the last well, time side I, scroll, scrolling, uh, queued them up, the queued them up, side scrolling, and the last one I played was actually on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. There's a cotton on there. Yeah. And it's actually really good. That's the first game I tried when I got my uh, my SD card. Solution. Yeah, it's a great game. Cool, cool. Next one is the. Have you seen the Super Mario Brothers on a standard? Spec-y? I did. It looked pretty good, and then of course they said it's standard, but it's a standard one twenty eight. Spiky. Right, so right. I can't, I can't run it yet. Stand, but did you watch the videos of it. Like the, I did, yeah. The colors are washed out um, a little bit, but the the gameplay looks great. And the cool thing about it is, it actually has color clash and stuff. But it's 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 actually very cool. The way it looks, yeah. The way it looks, are you going to bring it up? I was thinking about bringing it up so John can see what we've been talking about. The one thing that's really neat so, is that um, it it also has the music on it, and the music is actually really pretty good and faithful to the original Mario. Using the uh, what you, the AY chip, right? The AY chip on the 128, yeah. Which we're talking about, of course, the ZX Spectrum, the microcomputer from... Which this is the 48K version Jolly of the Jolly Old Town. Oh, wow. So this that. was like a computer that came out in the UK in the 80s and sold a lot in a lot of units in the UK and in Europe and in other places like Russia had a bunch of clones and things like that. But most of the computers of the day were like this size for 80s right. computers. That one is was a budget version. You could buy that new, I think, for ninety nine. At one point, I think it got down to a hundred bucks. It yeah. got down to like a hundred bucks, a hundred whatever it is. Um, wow. I don't know if you can see it behind me here, but I've got mine running right here. Okay. This is it. Yep. Pretty crazy, that right? Look at the size of it. I know compared to the. And it was a cost reduced version, so obviously it has rubber keys yeah. and stuff. But it came out with some really neat little games on it. So how would you play this then? Would it come with a controller, or was it just on the? Keys? You had to plug a cartridge into here that had a joystick port in it. Oh, yep. So I'm pulling it up right here. Here's the video of the Mario. Uh, so here's a version somebody made recently. Although of Mario. John doesn't understand the limits of the system, so this may or may not look amazing. But the fact that it can do this is pretty cool. But I mean, it looks like Mario. It's uh, yeah. Like I said, the colors are raw, a little off, but the graphics are spot on. Graphics I mean, are spot uh, on. There's no sprites on the spectrum. Do you so, see the color clash that happened? Yeah, it, I did. Like, yeah. Went up against the pipe. So all of the uh, yeah, they even have the bricks bounce, and here's when comes the fireball. And every uh, you know quote unquote hardware sprite is all either one color in white or one color in black. So, but I mean, it looks right. Like the physics look right. It's pretty impressive. Yep. Yeah, I think it's very impressive. So anyway, I I just want to know if you wanted to see if you had seen that and. 
I was listening to another podcast I was talking about that they're going to wonder if Nintendo's going to send out the cease and desist. So who knows if it'll ever get finished. Oh, I think yeah, that's yeah. only they only did one level or something like that as a proof of concept. Yeah, Nintendo likes to attack people and destroy them. Yep. So I wanted to bring up, there's of course a ton of C64 games and stuff coming out. A bunch of them came out around Halloween, which of course happens after we record. Um, so I, I played through all these. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Forgotten Forest here, which is a, a shoot 'em up construction kit game. Uh, Luna, kind of a fun game. Yeah. Um, Get Witchy was that one. Did you try any of these by chance? I have not. I wish so, I had. So it's interesting. Get Witchy is a. It's I guess it's a, a side-scrolling collect 'em up. You don't shoot anything, but it's a one-button game. So when you press the button down, you kind of shoot forward and down. And when you let go, you kind of go straight up. But then as the screen scrolls, you kind of fall back with it. Oh. Hmm. So to move forward, you have to kind of keep pressing down and up, but trying to go in between these pumpkins and collecting all the candy and so stuff. So the pumpkins are bad. Candy's good. Pumpkins bad. Candy good. <laughs> gotcha. But here's the one that really got me, and this is the one I fell in love with. This game is actually a VIC-20 game, and it played better than most Commodore game, uh, 64 games I've played. Hmm. It's called, uh, I already said it, didn't I? Pump, Pump Kid. kid. Um, you, you can see it here. Even the music, I wish, I'll wish i have to show it to you later, but even the music's pretty solid. Uh, sound effects are cool. And all you are is your little pumpkin down here, even though you kind of look like a heart. Nope, he just got killed. <laughs> um, and you're in a graveyard, and you're just basically trying to collect candy as it pops up. There's ghosts chasing you around. You can shoot the ghosts to get rid of them. But ultimately, you need to shoot this witch like six times. There's some candy. Um, oh. he keeps in, yeah, I think this person's trying to learn how to play the game because you can't try to catch the witch. you got to throw candy at the witch. So kind of like a cool arena shooter. It's basically what it is, but you can only shoot left and right, depending on which way your pumpkin's facing. Okay. I just, I've played uh, well over an hour of this already. Like, I just kept playing it. That looks Honestly, neat. Honestly, it's my favorite VIC-20 game so far. Yeah. It's got... I, I, I love the VIC that... So... Instead of sprites, the VIC-20 was like the spec. You didn't have actual hardware sprites. This one so, makes it look like there was. So these are just character. They're they're called character graphics. Basically, like the pumpkin might be a, the letter A, but it's redesigned to look like a pumpkin. Oh, gotcha. So that's gotcha. what character graphics are called. And I like it because they're actually kind of small and, mm-hmm. and look really cool. So, no, it looks like a great game. Yeah, I'd suggest this one. Really good. I'll try that one. Really good. Right on. Um, some things came out in Game Informer. Which, again, is related to GameStop. I'm not a huge fan. And I don't follow this magazine, so you're going to have to fill me in here. But they had an article here on... What issue is this? They don't really say, uh, on the spine, maybe? Well, in issue 318, so I think it was last month's issue, October 2019 issue, which magazine... That probably came in like came out in April. I don't know. They always did like way ahead of when, right. <laughs> when they actually print it. But there's three things of note... Oh, four things of note here I wanted to, to mention. First of all... They have a four-page, yeah, more than that, five, six-page um, thing about Frank Cifaldi. Yep. And all the work he's doing to preserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I suggest you read it. It's really good. It I've listened about, to a ton of podcasts about him. Yep. Yeah. He came out with that um, anthology on, um, what was that, The arcade, in the arcades? Um, the uh, Remember, it was came out on Switch. It was the arcade machines that came out... Um, God, why why is this drawing a blank? He was he he basically helped with that anthology on Switch that you buy and it's a bunch of oh, arcade, the SNK the SNK 40, yeah 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 the 40th anniversary SNK uh, and those were arcade games that were kind of before Neo Geo mm-hmm. 
he he was big he was heavily involved and in that's that. the best part of that whole thing is yeah. the the stuff that went along with it yep not just the games themselves but the fact that you can look them up and the history you see yep. the the cabinets you see everything in there yep he was behind that and so this is all about him going to uh different magazine companies and things like that basically going through all their old back uh paraphernalia cds mm-hmm. they had i mean he has brought in a big old array of cd copiers right there yep it just burnt everything off all these cds they had spindles of them not even knowing what's on there yeah and he's going to go through every single one and catalog uh. stuff that's going to be lost to time once those bits yeah. rot yep same thing with all their magazines and stuff here even he random rom chips that he that he grabbed and took screenshots yeah. and yeah so that's pretty cool um Yep. This is really cool. This is actually this is actually a news item, Eric. Okay, cool. Are, if you are a Pokemon fan or not, I am. I'm not necessarily. I, I, I'm still trying to feel it out. It still feels really kitty to me, but whatever. Hmm. I just I still want this though. This guy, and I doubt it's official. I don't know. This guy made a book you can buy for forty five dollars because I looked it up, or for fifty five dollars you can buy it leather bound. Mm-hmm. Ooh, many leather-bound nice. books. And it is called The Pokenatomy. And he basically takes, like, the original 155 Pokemon mm-hmm. and draws, like, cross-sections of their bodies and oh. how they are how they are built, their musculature, their organs. And I guess this guy does lots of research. Like, he's really into anatomy and stuff. Wow. So he actually tries to find ways to say, all right, their magical powers or whatever, this is how... This in, is how it would work. In nature, the closest thing is this. So mm-hmm. let's see how, how that works. That's wow. sick. That's, that's disgusting. <laughs> that's hilarious. Look at that. It's hilarious. It's crazy. He's like, someone actually thought of that. Yeah, and he yeah. did like 155 of them. And wow, I thought that was cool. <laughs> so um, we'll put a link to that in our show notes. Yeah, um, but yeah, I have to buy you a poster for your man cave in here. Put that in just there. a huge uh, a Pikachu huge with his cross section. Cross section. <laughs> cross the yeah. I guess for Pikachu, Pikachu, he looked at uh, electric eels and saw how they did it, and basically took the same organs and stuff they had and found a way to fit them into Pikachu and move wow. them around. And uh, here you go, Etsy.com slash shop slash multiverse books. So there's it's that. Interesting. I'll give it that. Oh, that was really cool. That's cool. Um, I, st- I, I still tell you, telling you, you got to try a Pokemon game. I mean, they're. Like I said, on the 3DS, it was like my favorite RPG on the 3DS. Yeah, well, like, I love it. I tried the card game. Tried to get the girls into it with me. Yeah, it's, and I, it's kind of fun, but I was I, I was okay with the card game. I liked it. My both my kids played it and liked it for a while. But the the video game is really a lot of fun. I mean, so, it looks like a kitty thing, but two things of note in here. You and I both kind of mentioned how we uh, actually I don't know if I even talked about that yet, but we will be talking about it. Uh, Slay the Spire. Kind of oh, a card-based oh, 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 yeah. game. So I just noticed there's a game coming out now called Griftlands. Griftlands? Griftlands. Haven't heard of it. And if you look at it, you can tell it's very much Slay the Spire inspired. Okay. So once we yeah. finish Slay the Spire, this thing might come out. Hopefully it's as good or better. Okay. So that's becoming the genre, apparently. And the last one in here I wanted to... You hear the paper? Yeah. Paper. Uh, they reviewed Ion Fury, which is the kind of old school build engine duke nukem style um we talked about it used that. to be called ion maiden but then iron maiden sued him we talked about that last episode <laughs> yeah of course yeah right so anyways i was really excited about it because it looks like an old school first person shooter yeah got a nine out of ten wow so yay oh yay <laughs> 
So that's exciting to me because I wanted that to be good. And usually when you see something like that and you wait and wait and wait and it comes out, it's like six. Yeah. And you just cry into your beer. <laughs> Do I got the next one? Yep. My goodness, I'm talking a lot. Uh, so the new round of Arcade 1-Ups have been released. Yep. I have seen Golden Tea in Walmart. I saw that too. Which looks cool. Yeah. I've seen Ninja Turtles. I saw that Multiple too. times. People are already scalping these. They're buying them and selling them for $250 more than they buy them for. That's weird, because since they're easily... Well, they are now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just finally saw one in the store, and I thought about, if I was a bad person, I could totally just buy this right now and try to make a quick 250 Yeah, because the where I but saw it, there was only one... There was only one copy of it. Yep. Yeah. What I haven't seen out there yet, so I don't know if they've actually been released yet, is the Star Wars Arcade, but they are officially released. I've never seen them anywhere. And like I said, that's one of the only ones I'm super interested in in buying and leaving as it as is. Because mm-hmm. you play has, that game, John, when you were younger, uh, Star Wars. The Star Wars that has the the yoke and yes. you're flying it, and, yeah. you know, the, and then you can fly down inside the. Yep, uh, and it's all vector based, yep. so it's a vector game and it has voices. Yes, use the force, Luke. And you had to just time it just right to get those. Uh, yep. What's it called? The boosters? Booster. I don't know what they're called. Let's call it a booster. Yeah, I'm go, I'll go with it. Booster gun. As long as you all buy it. Uh, something like gives that. Gives us errata for next <laughs> month. Because, I mean, short of modifying it like Cody did with his, which I'd love to do someday, too, but that one I would just keep because I love that that game was awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, and there's three games on it. Yep, there there's is. There's the first one that everyone knows and loves. Yep. There is the second one, which is actually very similar to the first, but I guess it's not as well known. So I watched a review for Gamester81. I don't know if you've, met, you've probably seen his videos. Um, he is, or he went ahead and did a review on it and basically showed all three games. The third game has nothing to do with vector base. It's not first person. It's like a little top-down speedster game. Okay, but I've it still never seen uses it. that. Still use the yoke. Not not really, but th- in this machine. But it, it does. will, yeah. So, but you're gonna use it. it. That looked, yeah. <laughs> that didn't look great. No. But uh, he showed off the sound, all the different modes there are. Um, there's, yeah, two vector games, one raster game, and the cool thing about this new uh, lineup of games yeah. is the headers are now illuminated. Oh, nice. Which helps so justify because they used to be all two ninety nine. now they're three ninety nine, three ninety nine. and then this pricey. one, yeah. Star Wars is four ninety nine. Wow. Yeah. Um, he's, he uh, did say in his review that the yoke felt good, felt solid, not quite as good as the real one, but right. 500 bucks, it's pretty darn close, so... Yeah, I mean, if I did eventually get that, I'd wait for it to go on sale somewhere. I, c- I can't pay full price for that. No way. I agree, but I know someone who wants one, and I'm supposed to pick one up if I can see it. Really? Um, All right. Yeah. It's not me. <laughs> it's not Eric. I'll click on this next tab here, Eric, Yeah, while please, because it would be best if we brought this up on this thing. But So, Analog, which makes a lot of the premium retro consoles modern retro consoles they have you heard of analog john i have not no. so they have this thing called the analog nt which basically could play what is it genesis snes games nintendo they had a bunch of cartridge slots on it right no what, what no, was that wrong. one <laughs> yeah what was that just sega i think their very first one was the analog nt yeah which was a 500 nes but it was like super premium it was really heavy it was like made out of metal yeah um HDMI out, beautiful image, all this stuff, but 500 bucks. Oh, then wow. they made a smaller version of it that was less expensive, but it was still like 200 What was that called, And that though? sold really well. 
Um, I'd have to look it up. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Cause that, and then they just this. recently released the uh, SG, or the Sega Genesis, basically. Oh, the, the SG is the MD, one I was talking M- about. MD for Mega Driver. Yeah, yeah. And that yep. was the Sega one. That was like 200 bucks. Yep. And now, apparently, they have this. So they're, they're a company that is expensive, but they're super high-quality recreations of these old consoles, and they they're don't look like the old consoles. They're, they're very modern looking very postmodern looking and um hand handheld games right well no though this is the first handheld one so this one we're talking about is their first handheld gotcha game the rest were just consoles that had hdmi out hmm. and very good simulation of the actual system so that's oh, like okay that's one of their sega one right that's sega the md right there yeah 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 so do they have built-in games? Their website's weird, though. In in the console, or is it something you would have to... You bring your own cartridges. Gotcha. But I think there's hacks for the NT, I know, that I heard, that you can then use the SD card slot. So it's funny. They released it as is here. Yep. But then they basically leak their own code for you to hack their mm. console. Yeah. That's... So, you, so could you could put a little SD card with the ROMs in it and play, play it, but... By default, no, you bring your own cartridges and put it in there. Gotcha. But the emulators in there that actually put it on the HDMI screen are very good. I mean, they're they're very high end. They well, don't. FPGA. They're not, they're not the cheap. What? It's FPGA. Yeah. So it's a core. So this is their first. This is the one I want to talk about because it's not released yet. This is the first handheld system they ever came out with. And what I found intriguing about it, and I wanted to talk about some of the discussion I saw online. It's going to have adapters to play a bunch of systems, like the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Mm-hmm. But by default, I think it plays Game Boy, Color Game Boy. Um, I think that's it. Game Boy and Color Game Boy. So let's, let me and go then, through some of the specs here. Yeah. So first of all, it's shipping in 2020 for $199. Uh, just looking at it, it is, yeah, super slick. It looks like a Game Boy Pocket, but it's all black. Um, the screen's beautiful. The screen, yeah, we'll get to nice. that in a second. It does look nice. I guess it's just it's built like a tank. Yep. Uh, so right out of the box, compatible with Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance game cartridges. This is crazy. Here's why the screen looks so good. Three and a half inches, 1600 by 1440 resolution. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 615 pixels per inch. Yep. Um, all buttons are mappable. That's awesome. Stereo speakers, micro SD. There it is right there, built yep. into the system. Hmm. Uh, probably, like you said, probably not usable for that. Except for like save states or something, and until right. you uh, yep. hack it, uh, charges with USB C, headphone output, rechargeable battery. Uh, also, there's a dock for it, which is separate; doesn't come with it. You pay extra for it, mm. so you can dock it. Now you have HDMI output and two USB inputs, so you can play wired, uh, put wired controllers on there. You can also do Bluetooth for wireless. Oh yeah. Now that's one the big discussion online was some people hated that there was going to be a dock for it and i didn't understand the hatred i'd Just love buy it exactly you don't have to because it's separate yeah i think it would be really cool to dock uh some of these old games like neo geo pocket color i'd love to oh, play absolutely. like the, like uh card fighters i'd love to play that on the big screen mm-hmm. i mean wouldn't that be great yeah i, I don't understand people <laughs> people are dumb and they're jerks exactly <laughs> anyway um See, it says does not play ROM files, but there's an SD slot for some reason. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> it does not play does not play ROM files. It plays legacy game cartridges via the cartridge slot. Yep. Specifically, does not mention the SD slot. Um, 
Now, here's the here's the kicker, which I think is pretty cool. Games are showcased to illustrate compatibility with Pocket. Oh, that's this device. Mm-hmm. Sega Game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket Color, and Atari Leaks game cartridges require cartridge adapters sold separately. And then, uh, yeah, I guess it says they're in development and subject to change. So it could get potentially pretty expensive to have this, because now you got to buy all these adapters to play some of these older ones yeah. and the dock. So I'm not saying I probably would ever buy them because I have most of these systems that su- that are supported. But if you didn't, if you didn't have those and you were starting your collection, this would be a pretty cool option. Yeah. There's a sick part of me that wants to drop a whole bunch of money on it. But yeah, me too. I already have ways, like multiple ways to play all these games. Me too. I mean, well, you, cause, okay, so you, as you know, I love the Neo Geo Pocket Color. But the mod to get the screen to look pretty good is 300 bucks for just the system. So I thought I could just drop $199 plus the adapter and I could have that and have that screen with Neo Geo Pocket Color. Yeah. That'd be pretty and awesome. That would look really good. That's yeah. true. So I, I, don't, I could just not do that mod and just do this. <laughs> See, but then that just shows how nerdy you were. We're like, oh, I love the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Do you have one? Well, yeah, but I don't use that. I use this. Oh, but you have the games. Well, no, I use a cartridge. <laughs> So I can play it on real hardware, but you don't have the real hardware. No. (laughs) But for I I play the the imitation cartridge in the imitation system, and it's amazing. (laughs) What was that, Eric? You just pissed on my parade. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks a lot. But I agree. I walk with you in this in this fight. It looks really cool, and I want one as well. I don't disagree with anything you said. (laughs) But guess what? What's that? That's my segue. <laughs> I'm the master of segues, John. Oh, I go, like guess it. what? <laughs> uh, Retro HQ, who makes, actually it was a good segue, who makes the Neo Geo Pocket SD that I own. Yeah. That's made by uh, Retro HQ, who's a dude in England. Uh, this is kind of weird. It's, it's not really bad news or good news, but I think it's good news. Uh, if you remember our review we did last month, we talked about how we loved his product over the Flashmaster. Mm-hmm. But the Flashmaster was readily available, and his he made it in batches, and you had to wait for long periods of time. You never knew when you were going to get it. It was difficult. Yep. Uh, he basically uh, put out on Twitter that he, he didn't give too many details, but he was looking for and then found somebody to start making the hardware for him. Ooh. Because so, his love is not making the things, sitting there and producing them over and over and over again in his garage or bedroom or whatever. He likes to design new hardware. Because he's currently he's yeah. working on an Atari Lynx one right now. Yeah. So he wants to do that and just keep making the making better hardware, but he actually needs somebody else to produce it. Sounds like he's in talks and somebody is doing that. So and stepping up, so they will be readily available, including the Jaguar SD, which is what I want. Yeah, next, cool. Yeah, so that could be good. Um, we already mentioned Arcade One Up. I just want to point out um, two things real quick. They're coming out with cocktail cabinets. Yeah, you seen those? I have. Um, and they actually they're sizable. They're very big. Yeah. yeah, that like, I guess I guess three quarters, but probably bigger actually. I think they they from the pictures I've seen they look they look like almost like normal cabinets, like yeah, normal cocktail size. cabinets. Maybe a little skinnier. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. We I just put that in the middle of my room here. We could just do this show on top of that. Why not? I'm down. And play games. <laughs> John can play games here when we start talking about spectrums and stuff. He's oh. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to make you sound like a meathead or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> Have you seen the cocktail cabinets that are for sale these days? There's a local place that sells them that 
It's like a cocktail cabinet. It has joysticks and controls on each side, like mm-hmm. a normal table. But also on one of the other sides... The third side. The third side has two sets of controls, and the screen will tilt up. Uh-oh. Oh, I did not see that, no. And then you can both sit next to each other and play the game. Wow. Oh, that's cool. And they're like 1800 bucks. Some guy locally actually sells them. That's cool. Probably like, wow. with like a, one of those 65 and one boards or whatever. So, exactly. Yeah. And I think it has actually a lot more than that, but... Um, and then you can put the table back down and sit on both sides. That's cool. That's Pretty nifty, cool. yeah. Anyways, I actually saw my first arcade one-up countertop. I forget what they call it. But the countertop one? The one that sits oh, on top oh, of the, the desk. Oh, the bar top. Bar top, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But they call it something else. They call it like a yeah. countercade or something. Okay. I saw one. They're a lot smaller than I thought. Or, I'm sorry, they're a lot... Yeah, smaller than I thought they'd be. Okay. Are they... What does it compare to the size of the one I have? Um... Skinnier, skinnier. Yeah. All right. Because um, mine's like a. You seen mine? Mine's a little bit bigger, but I don't yeah. know. It just felt skinnier. It was on sale for one seventy nine ninety nine at Walmart, but normal price is one ninety nine. How many games does it have? One game, Pac Man. That's it. Just like all the other ones. I guess no. They have two or three. No, it's just they usually one have game. three games on a, on most of them. I had one game. Wow. Yeah, it's a t- that one's a That's tough a rough sell. sell. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, listen, arcade one ups pretty cool, but they're not the. It's not the sturdiest boxes, you know what well, I mean? That's, yeah, that's how they keep the price down. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. What was the three games that they would have? Pac-Man, Galaga, and then one more, right? Well, the Pac-Man one had Pac-Man... No, no, there wasn't a... There's a... There's no Ms. Pac-Man because they don't have the license. Right, no, so they don't. always have like threes, right? Like yep. Pac-Man, yeah. Galaga, and there was something else. I can't remember. Well, they weren't all in one like that. No? There was... The trackball one had like Crystal Castles and Centipede, Centipede. and Millipede. Okay. Yep. And then... Um, there was asteroids. I can't remember them all. Mm. No, yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember. But they usually have two or three, like that. Like your Super Street Fighter one has those three, mm. which is like Street Fighter, Street Fighter, and Street Fighter. Yeah, which is That's, great. <laughs> Street Fighter Two, Street Fighter Two, and Street Fighter Two. Yeah, which I literally played one game on one of those and said, "Nope, I'm changing it." <laughs> I, I wish they put like street, the original Street Fighter. Just so people could enjoy how bad it was. Yeah. And then, the original like, one was really bad. And then, like, two versions of Street Fighter 2. But you don't need three versions of it. I don't know. Nope. <laughs> Anyways, it's a very cool-looking cabinet. So this one's quick. Uh, you know, I have the Ultimate 64, which is the Commodore 64 that's F- FPGA-based. There's a new update that actually fixes a bunch of issues with... It never. It doesn't fix the issues, but it makes it easier to select which SID chip you're using. So the menus make it a lot easier for picking what sound chip you want to use. Because you, you, you can have three. You can use the built-in SID emulator, or yeah. you can plug in two different SIDs. Actual SIDs, yeah. And you can... It used to be a little weird. How do you pick them in the in the menu? Now it's like yeah, I want the old sixty five was it eighty one or something yeah. like that, or the other one, the eighty something, whatever it is. So you can switch between SIDs if you're like a sound nerd. I'm not really. I can't really tell much difference between the two. Or if you get two sixty five eighty ones and you like one because it's a little yep. bassier, but the other one's got a little more sparkle. Yep. <laughs> but in there, one thing is cool is you can go in there and select each chip to. So you can have stereo. You can have yeah. SIDs, SIDs in stereo. I actually heard a, uh, a recording online of somebody who put together a song using 16 SIDs. Yeah. And there's stuff going all over the place. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. So anyway, this fixes a bunch of you know little glitches too. But I mean, I, I as of like maybe two updates ago, I have not had anything that doesn't run on it really well in either PAL or NTSC. I'd love to get one of those, but they are pricey and you have to wait for them. Yep. You have to get on a list and stuff. Yeah. So... There was a leak 
that revealed that the PlayStation 5 is going to be released in December 2020 and cost $495 at launch. How do you feel about that? I don't buy $495 PlayStations. No. No, I I haven't. It's funny because I'll spend absurd amounts of money on old hardware I'm going to barely use. (laughs) But I know that $495 is quickly going to become like $250 in two years with a game packing. Yeah. So I can't do that. The, uh, the last PlayStation I bought real time was PS2. I mean, I bought my PS3 not long ago, a couple of years ago, um, and I still don't have a PS4. So now, have you seen the picture of these things? I have. Well, yeah, that's not the official though. That's like a rumor of what it's going to look like, right? Y- y- correct. Yeah. I, so, so I don't. I would love it if it looked like that. I think it's really cool. I think it does it's look weird cool too. and funky. And on Twitter, a bunch of people were very down on what it looks like. It looked cool. They're wrong. It looks right, but but. That the way I saw it, it doesn't look like it has any kind of. There it is. Yeah, I don't want to use the video. I'll find it here. Okay, um, it doesn't have like a CD. Like that doesn't really have a CD. It'd be, it would be all digital, right? No, they they do say that it's going to. That, well, that's what I love about this one. So that that's the part that might get me. And if they launched at four hundred, I might think about it. If it was three hundred, I'd buy it right away. Okay. Yeah. Now here's the reason why. First of all, it looks cool. It oh, does, sorry. It does look cool. <laughs> so I do like the look of it. It looks like a Star Wars, like weird ship. It does that can fly faster than any other ship through the what is it called the trench the the Death Star trenches. Ah, what's it called? I can do the Kessel Run and Kessel, yeah, whatever parsecs right. or whatever. <laughs> no, um, I think it looks great. And the people that complain on Twitter were wrong, like you said. I, I think it looks great. If that if that mock up has anything to do with reality, yeah, I really hope it does. Um, however, what I really love about it, and if it was three hundred dollars, I'd buy it. Is Sony did say that it should be backwards compatible all the way back to the PS2. I would be sweet. So that would entice me to buy it. This one box could do. PS5, PS4, PS3, and PS2, wow. all in one machine, sitting there with one plug. I don't have to change things out. If it did that well, I would, I'd buy it. It looks, so, it looks reminiscent of a little bit of the PC engine. I can, yeah, you I'll, know what I mean. Like if it's, it's that it's, small, if it's that small, yeah. Oh well. What are your opinions on the aesthetics of that machine, John? I think it's quite sexy. I think you're right. I think it's like Mrs. It's Pac-Man. Black, it's sleek. It's Princess got Peach. Cool blue colors in it. It's like uh, or the PS5. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like no. it though. I want these lights to pulsate. Man, like you wow, wow. It is super cool. Though. I went to Disneyland. Went to Star Wars Land. It's super cool. Just saying. All right, so there's that. Another cool announcement here. We've talked about this a little in the past, how they start, they've start they started to make, whoever they is, um, light guns that'll work with LCD monitors so we can play old retro video games with a light gun, which you can't do on a yeah. LCD monitor. Yeah. So our boys over at uh, Hyperkin did come out with the Hyper Blaster HD for the NES. So you can use NES... Uh, I don't know a whole lot about it. I think it's USB, so it's got to be on some, some sort of emulated system or something. But they're taking pre-orders for it so that you can use the light gun. Oh, okay. I'm not sure why it's only NES compatible. Yeah. But they said for the NES. That's weird. But we're getting somewhere, is the point. Yeah. That would be awesome. So, so you could use light guns on an LCD, right? Correct. I mean, that would be the whole point. Mm. Yep. Uh, that would be a blast. I, would, I welcome that. Pun intended. So I don't know if you can look this up on the computer. Um... Because we were talking about the Dreamcast, I would love to pull up a picture of this. So I backed this Kickstarter. This is 
Retro Fighters, they made like a N64, because I hated the N64 controllers. Do you remember what those look like? They look like little pitchforks. Oh, yes. They're horrible. I I think they're horrible. Um, And it it put me off of the N64 for a very long time. Um, They're currently undergoing maintenance. Yeah, you should be able to look at the Look at the um, the Kickstarter because that's where yeah, the let me update. Type that in. Yep, Retrofighter Kickstarter Dreamcast. There it is. Um, so they made this N sixty four controller, which is awesome. It made me get back into the N sixty four, and I really loved it. Um, this is a yep. So go there, oh, yeah. go, go, scroll down a little bit, and go to updates because I want to show you the picture of the. Of the they have a pilot. Um, go up. There's like uh, updates right there. Yep. Updates. So this is the pilot product. So this is what the final is going to look like. It's ready to go. They're just testing it with this with this version. Um, that should come up. It looks so good. It's that. It's like almost. It's like transparent. Like only almost completely see through. Well, if you could click on to it the again, point where I can't see a darn thing. <laughs> Unless that that that's down from their website. It's or probably something. connected to their website. Yeah. Uh, bum, bum, bum. Oh wait, I've got a button for that. Well, anyway, there's kind of a picture there. of it right there, but uh, there it is. That's a good picture. Yeah. It looks just like that. Um, it's going to look like pretty much an Xbox 360 or Xbox One controller, but it has the analog, the digital, the buttons, place for the VMU. Do you remember the little I memory do. card? Um, I'm really looking forward to this because I don't hate the Dreamcast controller, but it does get tiring in your hands after a while. I mean, if you're playing something, I think this is going to kind of re re add some some vigor to new Dreamcast titles. Yeah, I, I, I'm really and I have already backed it, so I'm just waiting for them to ship now, it out to me. So this is the one they're going with here. Yeah, what's this one? That one's the N64 one. Oh, that's the oh, okay. They actually yeah, they're very similar. Just yep, no VMU on the Dreamcast or on the. 64 one. They're basically Retro Fighters is is dragging some of these retro ones into more modern ergonomic mm-hmm. style controllers. So they have that. They had a Mega. They I think they had a. I don't know if they had a Mega Drive and Genesis one, but um, they're basically every every time they finish one, they they just tackle a new one. So so I went down to our friendly Legacy Games and I went ahead and tried the Retrobit one. Yeah. So I've got one of these coming, which I call the Pancake. Yep. But basically, it does the same thing. It looks a lot more funky, though. So I've got one of these coming in. We'll have to we'll have to have a, a face off between the Retro Fighters Brawler sixty four, yeah, and the ten dollar less or fifteen dollar less Retrobit Tribute sixty four. Hmm. Uh, I think your your Brawler is going to win, honestly. Well, it's weird but, that the digital one's like in the middle there. But, but if you think about it, the distance from here to here is pretty close to here to here. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. It's we'll see. More, it seems more narrower too. Yeah. Right? I don't know. We'll see. I we'll got see. I got it for the people so we could do a proper review. <laughs> That's right. Good for you. <laughs> and help you guys save fifteen dollars if it's worth it or pay fifteen dollars if it's also worth it. I like it. I mean I, I think it looks cool. Um what was the other pancake controller? We were talking about that the other day. Um there this, was one this for, was one. There was one for the uh, Saturn or something or Oh yeah, yeah. The one that last one that where the Dreamcast controller yeah. originated was the Saturn three D controller. And I have one around here somewhere. Yep. I've got a Saturn three D controller. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that Dreamcast controller coming soon. So hopefully I'll I, I think by our January show I should have it. January, February. Should have it for review. Gotcha. So let me just hop down to the future was eight bit dot com is the letter. TFW8B.com because they got some new stuff out. Have you looked into any of this yet, Eric? 
I haven't. Okay, they came out with a new game called Crazy Blaster. It's part of their $9.99 range, so for your Commodore 64, you can buy a cart of Crazy Blaster. Have you played this game, or is it out yet? Uh, actually, this one, the one I'm looking at here is uh, $19.99 because it comes with a box and a, a title and everything. Okay. Um, I have not played it yet. It looks looks pretty good. It's another game from Misfit, yeah. who did Super Gotron, who did uh, a number of their games. Um. They also have Mrs. Rodman. We'll get to that next episode. Um, I still have to play that. I, I did really play good. Super Gotron. We'll get to that because that was part of the 16K competition, which we will discuss a yep. little bit later in this episode. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, there you go. New game. The cool. other thing they came out with was really interesting, and you could probably make this make more sense than I I could. It is the Div MMC XDOS Flasher Cassette. Okay. So I guess if you're... PC breaks down, you can use a cassette loader to flash your div MMC with firmware. Okay. So they just bring, they just put it, the firmware on cassette? And yeah. You can just I mean, I it guess in. it's just something cool to own because I can't imagine anyone choosing to do it that way, but it looks cool. They've got a cassette in uh, either sea green, purple, or I guess that's a dark transparent blue. Yeah. What does it say over there? So it says on there, break your div MMC, no way of reloading it via tap file. You might find this handy. <laughs> it's almost tongue-in-cheek, but I could easily be like, you know what? If I'm already ordering something from them, I'll throw one of those on there for £3.50. Yeah. So. That's pretty neat. Some of their new stuff there. Yep. I didn't even know that. I mean, I didn't even know a tap file was how you would fix it. It Isn't seems weird. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I think that's great. One more news item here. These have been popping out all over the place. Uh, The 8-inch floppy disks are no longer being used in the American military. Both are, just as of this month, they're stopping use on the nuclear submarines, and the Air Force is also stopping use of the 8-inch floppies, which they have been using to this day. Yeah, so you got to imagine they have some manufacturer out there still creating those floppy disks. And I I had an 8 the, the 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 super large drive for my TRS eighty like I had oh, one in the garage, and um, I mean it is huge if you've ever seen those discs. I've those never discs seen are like one in person. Big. I mean I have a bunch of five and a quarter inch discs, but those are pale in comparison to these giant eight inch discs. It's yeah, surprising to me. It's like a, it's like a screen. The difference between a thirty two inch and a forty inch. Yep. It's like double the space. Yeah, not not only are they still more than double. What I was surprised is not only were they still making that magnetic media of the of those of those discs but if you know anything about the like the 1541 it needs constant alignment these days because it's getting old you have to align it you have to clean it the heads on it well from what i heard these things were more bulletproof so i don't know what it was about that maybe it was the yeah. hardware their hardware specifically i, I and don't the know fact that those eight inch floppies didn't have bit rot which is an issue with most all mm-hmm. five and a half inch oh five uh, and a quarter five inch. and a quarter inch no, but Bitrock comes from the age of the media. So if they were making new 8-inch discs, they're fine. They'll last another 15 years, 20 years. Oh, were they, do you think they were making new ones? I think still? they were making new ones. Oh, really? I think they were commissioning some company that still made these magnetic media. But I can't imagine any 8-inch drive that could... that uh, they, Just imagine this. They have to have somebody that still fixes and adjusts those 8-inch drives in all those Well, from drives. what I heard, the reason they stayed with it so long is, yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. But... There was like no way to have any like cyber threat against the eight inch floppy, and that mm-hmm. like no one yeah. n- knew how to 
do anything to that, and it was its own self-enclosed mm-hmm. uh, environment. Yeah. So it just it worked every time, no issues. Yep. And no worry about any like false trips or people making so, things happen. So now what they're using, because I read the article, they they think they're just going to be using. Um, like SD cards. Commodore 64? No. Oh. Like SD cards. So they're just going to use some kind of So it'll still be a closed environment, but... Yep. Which still creates security threats because there's, like, uh, firmware attacks on those yeah. kind of things. standard protocol. I mean, yeah. people know how to use it. Yep. I mean, you can't infect that system with a virus because it's an eight-inch drive of some old system, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. All right. Well, that ends our news, Eric. <laughs> right on. I think, John, I think we, we, it's time for some more beer. Down. Shh. Let's do this. What's going to be the next beer? Well, while you guys go ahead and crack open our next beer, well, you, gonna... guys, you guys go in there and forge around in that bucket together and pick out whatever our next beer is going to be. Uh, while you guys do that, I'm going to announce that we are now going to, uh, Eric and I at least, <laughs> while John drinks beer, which works for me. Oh, this is going to be an interesting beer. Oh, boy. We are going to delve into our little overview and our top three of the 16K Commodore 64 competition that was held for the year of ni- uh, 2019. So, let's see. Here's another one, a little bump for us. So, 16K competition! That's it. That's what I got. Good. I, I like it. <laughs> All right, so to start off our 16K competition, we're going to drink a Victory Sour Monkey Triple triple Sour. Ooh. Did you see the percentage on that bad boy? Holy smokes. Woo! <laughs> we should have started with this. 9.5% alcohol. Hey. All right, let's crack that open and see that, what that, Wait, how that goes down the gullet. Uh, my weekend here. Yeah. Birthday weekend. Yeah, John's birthday weekend. Turned Gosh. 16 a couple days ago. Whew. Something like that. I'll do what Cody did. So I'm going to pull up here. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So that nice. sounds so nice. I have to pee. Inviting. <laughs> that sounds not as nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I went on uh, itch.io here for the C64 jam, which I think is actually held by uh, Vintages New Old. Is that right? RGCD. RGCD. Ah. I need to learn who all these people actually are. Yep. RGCD is the one who runs yeah, this Yeah, there it is. RGCD. Absolutely. Yep. But if you go on the uh, itch.io forward slash jam forward slash c64-16kb <laughs> cartridge game dev, dev gompo 2019 site, you'll see all 20 submissions here. And at, when we first thought about doing this, we were kind of like, oh, man, how are we going to get through all those? Then we realized we played most of these throughout the year. Yep. So that's good. And I remember when some years there would only be... Eight to ten entries. So it looks like this thing's growing, which is great to see. And and what I'll say right up front here, and this is what really excites me, is not only is it growing, there's 20 entries this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of these games are really good. Yeah, a lot of them are <laughs> like, really good, yeah. I couldn't, I, if you just asked me off the top of your head, like, hey, which one of these is, like, the worst? I couldn't pick it out right now. Um, they're all They're all pretty darn good, so... We're just going to run through them real quick and then pick our top three. I don't want to take too much time because I could guys. talk at each one about you know for an hour. But cheers, 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 cheers! cheers. All right, let's try this triple sour. Oof, smells funky. Victory, the can oh, here boy. it says tastefully tart, mystical flavors, fruity Jim. notes. Oh, oh, Eric Jiminy made a Christmas. <laughs> Eric made a face. Sweet Christmas. Wow. Did we pick a good one? That'll make you gleek. <laughs> Is it making you pucker up to a bite of citrus laden tang, oh, laden tang ending with a delectable experience? Woof. 
That is ru- that's uh that's tart. That's tart. Oh, I love it. Sour. It actually is pretty good for a I think it'll sour. grow on me, but the first taste, so, not expecting that. Yeah. Holy. You so, go I introduced both of you guys to sours. You did. Um, Eric introduced me to a lot of really good beers. You've introduced me to juicy IPAs, and I brought sours to both of you. Yeah. And I think you both started by saying, I don't know about sours. You've, well, actually, you've had some bad ones, Eric. I've had some very, very bad ones. Yeah. I gotta and, say, this one's pretty good, actually. Yeah. It's grown on that me. That first yeah. one just hit you. Yeah, that no. first yeah. one I wasn't expecting. That was and <laughs> completely Give me Christmas. Right? Mm, wow. that, I actually really like it. That's tart. It doesn't taste like 10% alcohol. That'll, uh... Woo! Yeah, I, I say this is up there with your modern times, oh, bro. Oh, dude, this is good. I'll grow some hair on your chest. Yeah. Oh, this is good, guys. I'm excited about this. Yeah, this one's really... Where'd you where'd you pick this up at? Total wine. It's oh. definitely not one, a beer you could chug. No, <laughs> that's a sipping beer. Is that a is that a challenge? That's a sipping beer. All right, let's just run through them here in order. Let's give our a quick uh, summation of what the game is. Are we gonna rate this beer? Or? Uh, the, are you guys ready, or do you want to give it a few more? Oh, we'll I, think give we, it a few I think more. we gotta let it open up a bit. Yeah. Okay. All right, first game rundown here is Neutron. This one is by Sarah Jane Avery. We've talked about it a lot on the show. And she finally released it for the 16K competition, which we played it. We actually both really liked it. And now to find out it was only 16K, I didn't realize that. This is the first, This is the game in the collection I've played the most. Yeah. I mean, I played a ton of Neutron, and it is a fantastic I went back shmup. and played it again. Yeah, I got through about three or four levels. It's a great, great shmup. Yep. Um, At 16K, that's pretty incredible. And that's why the one she's working on now, she's been doing for a really long time. Yep. And it looks amazing, and now I get why. She put pulled this game out of 16K. I can't imagine what this new game is going to look like. Or right. I know what it looks like. I've seen images and things, but yeah, uh, very excited about that one. Uh, this is a good little good little top-down shmup. Yep. Um, it feels more like an NES shmup than a Commodore shmup <clears> to me, which is a good thing. Yep. Not that I don't like Commodore shmups, but... All right, next one on the list, Doc Cosmos, The Saga Begins. We played this one at the Amiga Meetup, right? Yeah, we're going to talk a little more about the Amiga Meetup in our next episode, but we did play this. Uh, Jerry from the SAC, what is it, the SACC? SACC, right? Sacramento Amiga Computer, Computer Club. Club. SACC, SACC. Yeah. Jerry uh, pulled this up at our first club meet we went to, and uh, it's a really cool game, uh, really fun mechanic. It's a platformer, but it's kind of a puzzle platformer. Um, but you get to go back and forth between current time and previous time. But when you go in current time, you're in like 8-bit graphics. When you go back to previous time, it's like, a, I guess, Atari 2600-ish. Not a little better than that, but there's two distinct things. And, like, you know, you might get to a big hole and be like, oh, I'm going to go back in time. Oh, there was a bridge back then, and you use the bridge. But then now you're like, wait, how do I get that, up that wall? Let's go forward in time. Great, there's a ladder here now. Um, really cool mechanic. Yep. Great title. Really like this one. Space Orbs is a game made by <clears throat> Space Moguls, which is the company who made Space Moguls. Yeah. Space Moguls, yeah. Which, was good, <laughs> which is a good game. Did you play this one at all? I didn't. Uh, yeah, I played all these. Uh, I got to look up my little notes here because I did try to at least do a cursory thing. Yep. So it's like a match three game, right? Ki- yeah, kind of. Two player, but can be played one. Ships. Um, you're on ships on each side and shoot balls, and you can swap them. Yeah, so there's can, a, like, a left a ship on the left, ship on the right. Yep. Um, you control one at a time. You go up and down, and then you hit the button to switch to the other one. Right. And then you can press left and right to pull in a ball or push a ball back to the middle. And then there's balls that fall from the top, 
into the center. When yep. I played this, I didn't quite understand. I actually had a great time with this game, but I assumed for I played mul- multiple levels. I think I put a good hour and a half into this one. I loved it. I um, liked it. I only got to play about fifteen minutes, but it, it's a totally a match three game. I yeah, mean, you just you you hit three blue orbs and then they they disappear. But you can shoot to yourself if you're playing one player. You can like shoot to your right and then do a match three. So if a yellow ball comes up, you can shoot it to yourself on the other side. Yep, and then you can use that guy to go back down and put yep. it back into the pile in the middle and try to get rid of stuff. It's a fun um, game. But I thought the whole time that it was a time attack, like they were dropping for, based on time. Okay. But it turns out that wasn't the case, even though I played it for an hour and a half before I realized this. It's just the number of moves you use. Okay. So I could have stopped and taken my time and thought about it, which to me, honestly, wouldn't be quite as fun. Yeah. But anyways, I had a blast with this game. Relentless 64... This game had a really cool look to it. Yes. Do you remember this one? I do. Apparently, this game is a port, if I remember correctly. Uh, here you go. Back in 2013, Paul Axelay Kusitra, Rexenberg, and Tom and Jerry released a stunning 16K shoot 'em up called Relentless for the Amstrad CPC. Um, so they basically converted that over... Yep. to the Commodore, and it's a very cool... It's got a very unique look to it, but it's a side-scrolling shooter. Ho- horizontal shooter. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, I just really like the look, because it didn't look like a Commodore game. Actually, now that I see that from the Amstrad, it definitely has more of that look, mm-hmm. from what I can tell. Yeah, it's very smooth. Um, I played it for a little while. Yeah. Very Fun, smooth. Punch them up. Yep. I love the look. Gameplay wasn't mind-blowing, but it was solid. Yep. It's a good little game. Uh, next on the list was Death Weapon. Did you play this one? I did. Let me look at my notes here. All right, so I'll be up front. I did not play this one and I think one other game for the strict reason that when I clicked download, let's see if I'm lying or not, um, when I opened it, it did not have a format I could use with my SD2IEC. I, I think it was a cart image only, which I can't play on my real hardware. So, yeah, the only thing I wrote down for Death Weapon, oh, yeah, I remember this. It, it's, a, it's an arena shooter. So, oh, that does sound fun. Okay, yep. Shoot. So it is a complete arena shooter. Um, so it's one screen. You're going around. You're firing at enemies, and you can do these cool kind of. Um, it's kind of hard to explain. There's not much more to it, though. It is an arena shooter, so it's very smooth. Yeah. So technically cool, but not amazing. Right. Okay. That's what I would say. My, I just have an issue. If people don't provide a dot. T64, mm-hmm. I just get angry and don't play it. Because I'm not going to emulate it. And I don't have hardware to play it, so whatever. Sorry. Yep. If you're trying to impress Cody from Pixel Guide N, <laughs> include a .d64 file. Am I right, John? You're absolutely right, bro. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, Nano Pixie. This is one I was really excited about. This is Picross. Yeah, it's a Picross puzzle game. So, Using uh, tiles, yep. Yeah, they have a really cool loading screen. They have a very basic Picross game, which worked pretty well. <clears throat> nothing besides that you do one puzzle at a time move on but there's no levels there's no advancement so they they made Picross work in 16k which is very cool also made by Space Moguls um, I did run into a puzzle where you there was not enough information at the start to do it without just taking a bunch of guesses Okay, which is kind of a no-no yeah but they did it it looked good Ice Cold Beer I've talked about this game before yeah um what was this game like? This was game. This was like we were going to do a uh, high score challenge on this. And we never did. So this ice cold beer is the actual original arcade. It was a mechanical arcade. Yes, yeah, right. So it actually had a marble on a rod, 
with two motors on the side, and it lifted up each side of a bar, and you try to roll the marble to get inside these holes over here. Yeah. So this is a Commodore 64 version of the mechanical arcade game from 70-whatever, 60-whatever, I don't know. Yeah. Ice Cold Beer. Um, Really cool. Colors look good. But you're right. There was a game that we were going to do on the Genesis that was a homebrew, a recent homebrew release. I can't remember the name of it, but it was the same concept, right? Similar concept, except that actually had different things coming down at you, and it had a a vertical scrolling element to it, which is a step above ice, Ice Cold Beer. Yep. So here's the aforementioned Super Gotron from Misfit. Yep. Released by the future, or presented by the future was 8-Bit, and they sell uh, cartridge copies of it. This guy goes comes out with a lot of games, and they all kind of look similar. Yep. They're all very uh, Jeff Mintner-esque, if you, if you would agree with that. Yep. What do you think about this one? It's an arena shooter. Is it? So, yep. So it's w- one single screen, you're top down. Um, it, you destroy enemies, but one cool thing about this that I found was it has boss battles. So... I don't know if I played it right. I had the hardest time with this game. Oh, really? I was just going b- back and forth, and if you press backwards, like you would go to the top of the screen, but then you could wrap around to the sides, but at that point, you still press backwards to go to the other side. I just could not handle it. Hmm. Uh, I think it was just a, my mind wasn't working right. I'll have to give it another shot, but unfortunately, I did not have a great time, and I think it's my own lack of skill that did that. But Right on. Very brown game. Yep. Uh, Blastopia DX. This I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, by Cytronic Software, so hopefully they are going to create a full version of it like they often do. They should, yeah. Um, it's by Richard of T&D. He made yeah, uh, Richard, that one. Richard Bayless. So he, yep, he's definitely got that sound, a really cool yeah. Sid sound. <laughs> yep. Um, do you know John used to do drum and bass DJing? Oh, wow. Oh, what did that sound like, John? Oh, man. That was drinking talk last night. <laughs> Back in the college days. Oh, yeah. Back when the Commodore 64 was a thing. <laughs> um, so this is a fun, fast-paced, horizontal scrolling... Scrolling them up? Look at that. They said scrolling them up. Hmm. Anyways, it's shoot them up. But what was neat about this one, which was really unique... Uh, first of all, there's actually a lot of levels, and they looked a lot different. Yeah. I don't know how much you play this one. But they would have waves of enemies <coughs> come at you, mm-hmm. and you had to, for example, in this level right here, if you can read there, there's a quota, and you had to kill 16 waves. So if six enemies were coming at you and you shot five of them, you didn't work towards your quota. You had to kill all six. Oh. Once you max out that quota, a landing pad appears, and you have to land on that, and then you go to the next level. I thought it was a really cool idea, and it uh, looked pretty good. Decent little uh, side-scrolling shmup. So I think this is the other one I didn't play. Are you making faces and sounds because of the? Well, it's definitely a sipper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm downing it. I love this stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh, this one's a bit rough. I'm already feeling. I'm like, like, like tingling in my arms. Oh man, I love sours. <laughs> I like. I mean, I, I've we've had some sours that are great, but this one is uh, kicking my tongue's butt. Yeah. It's kind of like you know when you oh well, maybe you don't but when you're first. When you were younger, when you first... I was never younger, but... Okay. Never, okay. Go ahead. You were, you were born... <laughs> born. I was born. born 38. <laughs> exactly. Um, and you first had, like, your co- first coffee drink where you're, like... Yeah. That coffee taste, I used to hate, like... There's something about it, like, it's annoying, but delicious. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I, eventually I you get to the point where now if you drink, like, a Frappuccino out of a glass, you don't even taste coffee. You're just like, God, where's the coffee? I want the coffee. <laughs> yep. And now you have, like, quadruple espressos. I think I'm at the point with sours right now because I'm like, ah, oh, this is hitting it. This is it's my quadruple espresso. Oh man! All right, 
So I didn't play Steercore XD either. Let me see if I did. I think I did. It's another shoot 'em up. Lots of shoot 'em ups lately. Lot, there's a lot on this. So the only thing I wrote was horizontal shooter, and it had big backgrounds. I don't know why I wrote that. Yeah, the backgrounds are very, according to the stills here, very vibrant. Okay. Um, but they're definitely Commodore 64 backgrounds because there are lots of tunnels connecting boxes. That's kind of like the Commodore thing. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't play it, so I guess I can't say anything. It looks generic, but I don't know. I didn't write anything else, so I'm assuming it's just another shooter, you know? Gotcha. Now, this one we've talked about a few times, Vegetable C64. Yep. Now, this version of it, they actually redid it. Yeah. But I loaded it up to see if it got any better. Mm-hmm. And now, this is the 16K version. Now, they've updated this to a full release. Yeah. Which I really want to try, because the game looks cool. It's a cool match three game. But the same thing happened. I loaded it up, made a match, and waited for over a minute for the new stuff coming from the top to stop matching and getting rid of it. I just kept going. Oh. Like, I, I don't do anything. I'm just I'm watching everything take care of itself. My score goes up. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Um, so I really hope... I know the Amiga version looks really good. They have a full box copy. And if uh, if I knew it was as good as I think it could be with some tweaking, then I think uh, that could be a great game. Did you play it? I did. Uh, it's did, okay. I'm not a huge match three kind of guy, but it's okay. Do you have the same thing where you match one or two and all of a sudden they just kept matching yep. themselves? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like a... It was almost like a pachinko game. Like it... This it was like oh, ding, yeah? ding, 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 ding. Yeah, it just ding, kept going. You're just like, huh? All right, I guess this is a game I'm playing, and it's just ding, ding, ding. Yeah, it's kind of doing it has its own so thing. much promise, which is why I get so frustrated with it. But yep. again, I'm gonna check out. The, I want to check out the fuller, a full version. Okay. Uh, Lala Prologue, yep. just in time for Halloween. Uh, it's a cool little puzzle game or platform game where you need to go collect all of the vials. Yep. Um, kind of has a ZX Spectrum look to it. Handled well enough, but it was kind of a generic. Collect them up. And I wrote on here that it was based on a ZX Spectrum game. Oh, it was. I mean, so it looks like sure it. it. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, no, it was pretty nice. It was kind of fun for a while. I only got to play it for about 20 minutes, but it was a, it was a nice little platformer. Yeah, it was solid. Yep. Swarm, I loaded up, and I could tell I was going to have to read for a few hours to figure out how to play this game. Uh, the, yeah, this one I didn't. I loaded it up, and I was like, I got to move on to the next one. I don't know what I'm doing. So you get a black screen with like a small star field in the background, like just you and nothing else. And I think you have all kinds of keyboard controls. Like you have to have a, a player sheet in front of you with all kinds of like press S for for set phasers to stun, and then press M for map, and then set your vectors. And, That's you know. that. Yeah, I think you saw my tweets on the game Chaos for ZX Spectrum. Yeah, like. I've been wanting to get into that game for a while, but I had to print out the manual because I don't know what I'm doing in it. Everyone raves about yeah, it. Yeah, I want to try to get into that with you, And it looks cool, but it's one of those games you just got to sit down and learn how to play. And that's the same thing, which is weird for a 16K competition. You don't want that for a 16K competition because everybody's going through these. I guarantee you that one's not going to win. Yeah. Yep. So, so we didn't play it really. We didn't give it, honestly, a good shot, but that's because it just looked like it was going to take a long time. Yep. We played this one in the past, Tanabra Macabre. Yeah, which is cool. I did play, I spent about half an hour on this one, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a platformer. You're, you're, most of the levels are in the dark, so you have to wait for lightning to flash or you to kind of illuminate different parts until you find the candle, and then it lights up the whole level. And you just um, have a little halo around your character of what you can see. Yep, and you're you just there, trying, to, you're trying to escape the crypt. And then, yeah, you go light the candle, and the light's up that world, and then you go to the next one. Yep. Did you play the Royal Hunt? <laughs> Let me look. What do you think about that one, John? Jeez. 
I don't know. It looks. Uh, We're looking at the actual <laughs> website here where there I did is play this. Yeah, a yeah, pig yeah. firing a shotgun at a completely naked dude, <clears throat> strategically placed in a way where we can't see more than we need to, <laughs> running away. Sweaty naked dude. Yeah, and he. It, so he, the naked dude's a big sprite on the screen, which is what I wrote. Big but, chunky sprites in this. But thing. then the the boars shoot at you, so it's almost kind of like. Um, you know those castle defense games where like you oh, run yeah. through the levels and the things are shooting at you, a little bit like that, but in reverse because you're the one trying to be correct, trying to yep. get past everything. Yep. It was it was it's novel. Yeah, it's novel. I, I can't say I had a ton of fun playing it, but it's yeah. pretty novel. <laughs> I agree. John just likes watching it. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a little pixel right around here. I don't know if you can tell. Um, I do appreciate that it has PAL and NTSC compatibility. Yep. So thank you. I appreciate when you do that so I can play the game. Yep. We're down to the last five here. Robots Rumble. Did you play that? Uh, yes. So I played this one, and uh, it's an interesting idea. Yep. I can't say it clicked with me terribly well, but it, it looks good. It looks like a, a Spectrum game. It probably was on the Spectrum as well. I don't have that. Guide <clears throat> robots using magnets. Limited charge on the magnets, so you have to recharge them. Um, the music in it. I don't know if you noticed, but it was Michael Jackson tunes. I Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. <laughs> now that you say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it actually says they made it for the C64, the C plus 4, which I have now. I need to try that version. You should. And the VIC-20. And I did try it on the VIC-20 as well. I okay. played two versions of this. Um, but yeah, basically it's a puzzle game. You have a magnet on each side of the screen, and the robot gets pulled towards your magnet until it falls off of a cliff. And then if there's a magnet there then it will go towards that magnet. Otherwise, it will stop and wait for a magnet. Yep. So you're kind of trying to pre-position the magnets in the right spot so it doesn't fall on. That My issue with this game is it was hard to tell what was going to kill your robot. Yeah. To me, this looks like soft grass, <coughs> but those are apparently green death, death spikes. Oh. Death grass. So you gotta, you got to fall in the right spots here so that he doesn't die. Um, I got three or four screens into it. Um it's the type of puzzle game like you and I don't care for too much where you got to do it exactly the right way. You are correct. Out of ink? I don't think I played this one, did I? Out of ink? No. Nope. So I also uh, want to note that... Oh, wait, I did, yeah. I also want to note Lala Prologue, Tanabra Macabre, and Robots Rumble were all made by uh, this Majek Eric, but I think it's the Mojon Twins. Yeah. Is who that is. They you mean Majek Eric? Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> Sounded you said cool, it confidently. Right? I just I just like the name Tanabra Macabre. Tanabra Macabre. So John John's cool. vote is for Tanabra Macabre. It's sure. actually one of the cooler games too. Is it? Yeah, I, just I, love, I had fun playing that one. It's a good one. It's a super cool title. Yep. So Out of Ink was kind of a, a very basic puzzle platformer where you're a box, um, and you just you can jump. You can actually double jump, yep. and you can also wall jump, and you're basically just trying to find a way to collect this orange block. You're basically like, like a weird blob, like a like a square. Yeah, just a box. Was, yeah, yeah square. that's what you are. Um, basic shapes, platformer. You find the exit door. How fast can you get there? So there is a time limit. Um, so how fast? You, not a time limit. That's wrong. I'm sorry. It it's like the whole point of the game is to better your score of how fast you can get to the exit. Yes. So yeah. it records that, and then if you do it again, and you're trying to beat your existing. It's almost like a platformer, except mm-hmm. you only got three lives, and then you're dead. Correct. Um, yeah. Yep, so I, I did it. play that one, yep. Dice Gator, we played it. Dice Gator is cool. So I brought this, and uh, again, we'll talk about this next episode, but we did an event at Legacy Games here in Elk Grove and got some people to come by and play some old systems, and I put Dice Gator up for a little while. 
I don't know how you describe this, but it's a super quick but addictive, fun little game. Yeah, you you're run, an ice skater. Yep, you're an ice skater, and you run on the on the faces of dice, and you're trying to fill in all the dots. Once you hit a pip, it'll change color from black to green, and yep. then you're locked into that side of the dice until you hit all the pips. Yep. Now, keep in mind, when you're sliding around, it's like you're on ice, so there's a lot of... Yep. Um, Overcompensation when yep. you're trying to, exactly. trying to slide, yeah. So once you hit all those pips, now you can run off that edge of the dice and go to the next edge, you know, top, bottom, left, or right. Yep. And go to that side of the dice where you can either hit that pip or go to another side, but once you hit another pip, you got to get them all to go to the next one. Yep. There's a time limit. You're trying to hit all the pips on the whole die before time runs up. Move on to the next level. Now, there's lots of different levels. I think there's actually like 100 and something. And they all yep. have a new tweak to it. Yep. So the first one's just touch all the pips on the dice. The next one, I think, was um, same thing, but some of the dice pips are red, meaning don't touch it. Otherwise, if you touch it, time gets taken away quick, more quickly. Yeah. Then there's one where it's like a you're on the, the sixth side of the die, and it's like a Simon Says. You'll watch them light up in a certain order, and you have to light them up in that order. Um, then there's like another one where there's a little bouncing ball bouncing around the dice along with you. You have to avoid it, otherwise it kills you. There's ones with like these time warp things that take you to a different part of the deck. It's, it's, but it's really simple. And it's just quick reactions. Yep. Um, That's a neat it's little game. It's really addictive and fun. Yep. You know, I'll probably start, honestly, I'll probably load that up every time I load up my Commodore now. Pocket Dungeon. Pocket Dungeon. Dungeon Crawler, kind of a rogue-like, can I say? Mm. Can I say that? <laughs> I think you could say that. I think Am I'll Am I allowed? The gatekeepers are keeping me from saying it. But I think it's like a little roguelike. It is another game that I popped on and, and didn't take the time to learn the rules. Yeah, I, I spent a little more time with it, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, it's, it's a nice little roguelike. Not much else to it. You fight mm-hmm. things, you go collect things. You roll around. I mean, it's and they did not it in much 16K. It. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Last and not least, yeah. let's invade two. Yeah, which this one, if you suffer from seizures of any kind, <laughs> don't play this game. <laughs> well, not only that, but the graphics, the the flashing, oh, yeah. the oh, it's so we talked about. I talked about. I actually raved about this game on the last episode, not knowing it was part of the competition. Yeah, but it's basically big chunky space invaders, but much more playable. Yep. But so John's kind of looking at this here, but you never see the screen like this. There's always some crazy grid over the top, oh. and it's moving all over the place. You'd have to see the video to really then this get this grid a moves feel all over the this. place. Then this grid moves all over the place. Oh it's like gosh. flashing with weird patterns. Seriously, if you have any kind of epileptic thing going on, this, this is probably going to do any it. Kind of like disclaimer at all. At I don't know, but this, this one game. will do it. <laughs> But I love it. It doesn't it have a good soundtrack too. I can't remember. It does, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, yeah. Anyways. I can't. I don't want to say too much about One it. One dollar well drinks. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> don't forget to tip your bartender. <laughs> all right. One dollar. You call it all night long. <laughs> Kamikaze for two bucks. Starting in ten minutes. All right. Twenty games. Yep. Let's start with your third pick, Eric. Do you already have it picked out and everything? I, don't, I didn't know we were going to pick, so I'm no, just top doing three. This off the cuff. Top three here. Uh, so number three would be probably Dot Cosmos. Number me. three for you is Doc Cosmos, the time-changing... Yep. Gotcha, gotcha. So this is tough, because there actually are a lot of games here that vie for my top three. Okay. I'd say there's about six games that are worthy of it, honestly. Okay. Mm. Um, just because it's so small, 
I'm going to go with Dice Gator for three. For three, okay. I really enjoyed Dice Gator. It's small, it's simple, but if I were to flip on my Commodore right now, it might be one of the first ones I play. Okay. Number two. Number two? Dice Gator for me, number two. Dice Gator's number two. Okay. Yep. Okay, so we're going to have to use the math. John, you're going to be the math judge here. Oh, jeez. Really? Um, After this 9.5% exactly. error? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, so far the math is easy, because my number two is Doc Cosmos. Oh, well, you guys are tied. So we're tied up right now. Okay. Before we go to number one, what's your honorable mention, Eric? My honorable mention? Um, Sorry, I made you pick four now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Scroll down a little bit. Let me... Um, I would say the Let's Invade 2. Let's Invade 2 is your honorable mention. Okay. Yep. So no point value to that, but honorable mention. Okay. What's your honorable mention? Space Orbs. I really enjoyed that. I got to play that one a little more. I really enjoyed Space Orbs. Yeah. I think um, I would like if I played a little more. Yeah. It'd actually be fun if we did it two-player, because then we'd have to sit there and like talk it out and yep. like, figure out where to put things, and that could be really cool. Yep. I also would like to throw a, a shout-out for Neutron, because that's a really impressive game for 16K. Yep. But... All right. Number one? Number one, guys. <laughs> Neutron. Wow. That's my number Your one. number one's Neutron. Really? My number one's Neutron. I love All it. Right. That's the one I... I mean, I've played it two or three hours probably total. I love that game. Yeah. Mine's Let's Invade 2. Right on. I love wow. Let's Invade. Yeah. I we didn't pick Tanabra Macabre. That's in there, too. Like... Tanabra Macabre should be in there. I'm going to say John picks Tanabra Macabre. Just for the name. Just for the name. A t-shirt made like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, if you... Uh, let's see. There's, there's some pretty cool images, too. I'm trying to find the first image. It looks pretty cool. It's not on here, though. It's hard to tell, but like when you're walking around and in dark and just the halo of lights around you, lightning will flash, and you'll see the whole level just for a few seconds, yeah. and then it like stops. Oh, wow. But pretty neat. Very cool. It's got That's a nice cool. effect. I'm just about done with my sour. Dang. Yeah, I'm not. This is going to take me oh, a while. Oh, my gosh. Me, too. Really? Dude, you're powering that. Down. But we should, I love we should these. rate this. Holy smokes! Yep, let's rate it, and then it's time for tea time. Tea Tim, time, time with Tim. Tim. Time tea with Tim. So, what are we going to do this out of? Let's tart. Sweet All right, John. Tarts. What should we do this out of? So, you get to pick the rating scale. It's got to be something weird and unusual. And then pick a random number. Uh, <laughs> there's a picture of a tongue, uh, uh, monkey with monkey a green with a green tongue. tongue covering his eyes. Yeah. What about uh, you know that old circus monkey with the Symbols yeah. hitting each other. Circus symbols. Ching, ching, ching. <laughs> I don't know if he had a name. Um, Wasn't that from a, didn't Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Like when they walked by or they would start going chattering? I no? So, I Something like that? Or was that, yeah. that wasn't Poltergeist? Something know, like that. One of those. Or, anyway. How about, um, I don't know, monkey chimes? Monkey chimes? Uh, I don't know. Uh, out of 12 monkey chimes. <laughs> out of 12 monkey chimes. Circus monkey chimes. Sure. I like it. Out of 12? Okay. Out of 12. What do you say? Who, who, oh, I started last time. Somebody else start. All right, go ahead, Code. Go You're going to make me go? Oh, sure. okay. Since he's enjoying it, I'll go first. Go ahead. You go. <sighs> you know, for 12. sour, you know, I'm not too really fond of sours, but this one's actually pretty good. I would say a nine. Nine out of 12? Nine out of 12 for a sour for me. Actually pretty good. I actually don't. I, I don't hate it at all. I right. think it's pretty good. It it is a little too strong for a, just a, a relaxing beer. You know what I, I mean? It's agree. a little too strong. Yeah, a little too tart. <laughs> but I will give it. I'm going to give it at twelve. I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. 
Well, maybe I'm a little too drunk already. <laughs> All right. I'm giving it an 11 out of 12 wow. monkey times. I wow. love this. Wow. Well, Sweet obviously Christmas. it's gone. Now, I know, I know it's an acquired taste, and I wouldn't give this, to, like, I would give that Modern Times. That was both the, the both you guys. Mm-hmm. That was your first I liked it. sour I gave you, at yeah. least. And it's really good. It's a good solid. But if I just want pure, like, what a sour is, this is what a sour is. I think, but I, I agree. I like this better than Modern Times that you Really? Gave. I do. I do. Wow. I like this better That's than surprising. Modern Times. I think I like the Modern Times a little better, just okay. because this one's just too strong. But but it's not bad. I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's good right. flavor, but it's, it's kind of like a, yeah. the uh, like a porter. Yeah. Yeah. In which you don't down it. No. But you, you did. What you did. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might have another one. I'll be on my butt. Do another one in here, right? Yeah. I'd love to have another one, but I'll be on my butt. Uh, no, I can't do that. I've got three more. They're for me. You guys don't like them. I'll have them. <laughs> All right. Let's check in with our boy over the pond. Hey, guys. How about we take a little break and check with our friend over the pond? That's right. It's tea time with Tim. Hi, everyone. So I hope you can hear me okay. So this month, I got myself a monster joystick PC engine stick. Now, I've been waiting for one of these for months and months. I've been speaking to Monster Joysticks about this, and uh, he's been uh, keeping me up to date on the development, and it all got very, very exciting. Um, I've loved my PC Engine. I love the pads on the PC Engine. Uh, but for me, playing shooters is just got to be an experience done with a nice joystick. I started looking around on eBay, and prices for PC Engine joysticks from back in the day pretty expensive and you just don't know what you're getting Uh, they're mostly sort of like imported from Japan and places like that and just not really worth it for me so I was really excited when I spoke to Monster Joysticks and they said that they were going to develop a PC Engine stick so eventually after a few months keeping in contact just a couple of days ago he messaged me on discord and said the pc engine sticks ready it's going live up on the website so i was really excited jumped on the website so the website is www.monsterjoysticks.com and you can also find him on twitter at monster joystick not joysticks at monster joystick so the pc engine stick i ordered I got the purple haze version or the hazy purple. Uh, looks really nice. Uh, the cost in the UK is $64.99 and that includes uh, standard delivery. Now I ordered mine pretty quick as soon as they became available and I got it within two days. That was really, really fast shipping. So thanks very much, Monster Joysticks. Uh, it's available in eight different colours. So you've got black, orange, yellow, blue. Uh, there's a couple of other colours there, probably like white, and also the hazy purple, the one that I got. So it also works on the PC Engine, obviously, the Core Graphics, the Duo, the Duo 1 and 2, and the Super Graphics. Uh, the outer casing is lovely and shiny. Um, it's made from high-impact polystyrene. So I'm actually going to have a go at putting this all together, um, and we're going to go in through and have a look and see what comes in the box. So there's plenty of nice packaging, so uh, Monsters has done a good, nice job of actually packing the joystick. Um, in one of the packs, I can see it's the uh, the actual joystick mechanism itself. So this is made from, I think it's called Sanwa parts. Um, nice and 
clicky and responsive stick there so that's the main thing now what you do need to remember is with the monster joysticks is that you do have to build it's a kit so you have to build them up yourself um i've not done one of these before but i did see um uh, one of my friends gary do it before uh, i was um over at the retro man cave i was actually at the cave um, for a day uh, where they were doing a live stream and uh, gary actually got sent one of the 8-bit 16-bit so the normal atari style uh, mini monster joysticks um, and that was actually uh, adapted for his um, sharp 68000 um, because that was what the live stream was all about uh, but anyway um i've seen gary do this he got in a bit of a confusion so hopefully i'm not going to do the same thing um learn from gary's mistakes uh, so what else is in the box okay so we've got the uh, separate buttons so there's one two three four five buttons and we've got the uh the little uh, rings to go round the actual uh, shaft of the joystick oh sorry it's four buttons and the little ball to go on top of the joystick shaft as well um, so the four buttons is the two uh, buttons on the pc engine pad so i think is that the a and b buttons just grab my pc engine pad so that's the one and two button and also there's the select and run buttons as well which are in the center of the pc engine pad um, now the first two buttons go on the top of the stick obviously so you'd want that on the on the base of the stick and then the uh the start and the run buttons uh go on the side of the stick sorry the select and run uh, there's also a um, wiring loom and the actual mechanism, uh, the electronic uh, little board that the uh, the uh, controller cable plugs into. So you've got like a separate cable uh, which has got the mini DIN plugs on it. So that plugs into the board and then that plugs into the joy port on the PC engine. So looking at the instructions... Um, we've got how to assemble your mini monster PC Engine joystick. So the first thing um, that you come across with the uh, monster joystick kits is it's because of the uh, the uh, parts, the outer casing is made from um, the high impact polystyrene. There's still uh, a protective film that's on both sides of the acrylic of the actual um, uh, casing molds so the first thing you need to do is actually pull those off it does take a little while and a little bit of perseverance um, I have seen some people where they've <laughs> they've got the uh, the clear ones or something like that and they haven't taken the actual protective polyester uh, uh, cover off of the stick so they've just got um, a funny color looking stick um, anyway so I've done all that so that's the first thing that I did so I didn't want to sit here and do all that whilst I'm trying to do the build first thing is is obviously we advise removing all the protective covering from the case pieces before proceeding uh, then moving on to step one attach the interface kit attach the interface kit to the bottom panel of the unit you can identify this piece using the picture below obviously you can't see that um, orientate it so the mounting holes are slightly off off to the right 
Then fasten the interface kit to the bottom of the panel using the acrylic nuts and pan head screws provided. Thread each screw from the bottom through the holes, then tighten one nut on each of the screws. You should be able to do this by hand as they do not to be over tightened. Right, so I'm just going to get all the bits and pieces together. So I'm just going to pause it here and then I'll come back once I've got everything sorted. Okay, so I've cleared the deck a little bit and I've got the base of the uh, joystick frame uh, on the desk. Now there's four uh, little holes at the bottom of the joystick base. And this is where you've got uh, four little white plastic screws that need to come up. This houses the uh, PCB, um, which has got the uh, the little round DIN connector and just the, the connection electronics. So we need to get this little PCB mounted um, into the case. So what I actually need to do now is I need to fit um, a little white plastic nut onto each one of these um, screws which is obviously a um, a standoff uh, for the board because it's uh, got the little pins going through for the connectors on on the base of the board so we need to stand it off a little bit away from from the actual base of the the joystick mount so I'm just doing this now so I'm just getting all four screws onto the base of the board so now I can put the PCB down through onto the holes there so that should now be keeping that in place it's a little bit fiddly when you first start out because you've got to um, get those screws through the base and you've got to lift it up to get them in so each time you lift it up sometimes the screws fall out of place so took a little bit of fiddling so I did that away from the microphone because you don't want to hear me cussing and cursing about that okay so add a second nut to the screws to offer extra height to stand off the interface and then carefully place the in okay right so I needed to do another round of those so let's put another one each on there that shouldn't be too much of a problem now I'm just putting a little bit of pressure down on the base to stop the actual screw spinning so the nut will go round okay get the last one on there Okay, so that's two nuts on each there. So let's get the PCB back down again. There we go. Right, so I think we want then one nut each on the top now, just to hold the PCB in place. I think this only really needs to be finger tight because it's quite a, quite a tight fit anyway on there. Let's get the last one on there. Okay, so that is the PCB mounted to the base. Right, okay, I'm going to move on to the next bit. Um, I'll be back in a second. Okay, so I've moved on a little bit. I've built up the, uh, the base of the joystick uh, mounting. So it's got uh, two side pieces the rear and the front piece um, you kind of put them together in almost sort of like a Lego or Meccano kit style um, they've got uh, jointed edges so you marry those up and there's uh, two um, long holes that you need to mount up um, with the uh, the front and the back 
and also on the sides um, and that mounts uh, nicely so it all fits together uh, so you get the frame um, it's a little bit wibbly wobbly um, to start off with until you get the first um, screw and bolt into each of the mountings on the side to actually secure the case so I've done the first one um, so what you need to do is there's a very small little bolt um, and that uh, sorry a nut and that just slides in and you just got to balance that on the edge and that's just fallen out um, so you've got to kind of like balance that uh, on the little plastic ridge and once you've got that in there uh, you can then get the screw in there and then um, tighten the two the nut and the and the screw the bolt and the screw together sorry the nut and the screw together <laughs> this one's not wanting to play the game uh, it just keeps falling out I'll get it there in a second okay so that's there now so I'm going to just grab a screw and then pop that through and then just gently work that into the base there okay so that's now going to tighten up quite nicely okay don't want to over tighten those okay right so that's that done so I've got two more to do so I'm just going to do that um, and then I'll be right back okay so I've built the base up now and it's all screwed in nice and tight um, I've noticed a little bit on the instructions that doesn't seem quite right because there's no real detail about how to fit the side buttons uh, it's very simple they look like they just uh, pop straight into the side panel um, but I've um, just mentioned that and I've just um, sent a message over to Monster Joysticks about that see if they can uh, have a look at that on their instructions but anyway I've put the um, buttons in on the side so now it's just a case of mounting the uh, joystick mechanism into the top of the case so I'm going to have a look at that now um, I'm going to do that quickly away from the mic um, and then I'll be back okay so that's the joystick mounted into the uh, the top plate um, the bolts for that and the nuts were really really tight um, I probably should have got a spanner or something like that for that but um, I did manage to do it with some uh, stub nose pliers but uh, yeah that was really tight getting that bolt on uh, but the joystick's definitely in there anyway so it's there it's nice and clicky so uh, the next step is on the top of the joystick uh, we've got the uh, the thread where the little uh, ball goes on top of the joystick uh, but we've got the uh, the little dust cover um, that goes on the top on there and I think there's two there that you put on let's get those on there and then it says yeah screw the ball onto the top so let's get that on there cool that's now starting to look like a joystick hehe <laughs> Look at that, yes, awesome. So I think next it's the final two buttons. So we'll get those in onto the top. They go in with a nice satisfying click. So you know they're in there. Okay, so now it's on to uh, wiring everything up with the wiring loom onto the base uh, PCB.
so i'll just have a look at that and i'll be back in a moment so the first thing we want to do is mount the joystick wiring connector first i'm going to mount that up onto the pcb in the base i think because um, this is where it could get a little bit awkward i want to make sure that all the colors are lined up and it's the right way round. so we've got ground black down orange left green right yellow and up red so as long as i get the black on the right way i think we're going to be good to go so let's get that one there so we want black on first on to the far left so yeah so we're going from left to right the next one which is orange which is down so I'm just sliding this onto the uh, the pins onto the actual board itself so then we want green to left so that goes on next then we want yellow onto the next one and then last of all for the joystick so we've got red which is the up connector so that's that bit done okay so now we've got to do the buttons so the first button is button one and then we've just got two connectors on for that and that's red and black so it's looking like red has got to go to the top so we'll put that on there that's a double pin connector and that just fits over um, each one so that's nice and simple for that so that's button one and then we want button two then we've got select so make sure we get that red to the top and finally our run button the wiring loom onto the PCB so let's move those over to a side okay so that's nice that's good right so then we need to mount those onto the joystick and onto the buttons so i'm just gonna save a bit of time and i'm gonna because this might take me a few minutes to do so i'm gonna do that away from the mic and then i'll be right back just while i'm fitting this up one important thing to note and it's quite handy is that when you're doing the buttons if you do come to do one of these yourselves um, i was a little bit worried about making sure which way the polarity was on the black and white pin connections um, onto the buttons and it doesn't matter about that you can just put them any way around that you've done so i've gone with um, black then red okay so the wiring loom is connected i guess that's how it needs to go so what i'm going to do is before i actually go any further i'm just going to give this a test with the pc engine just to make sure that i've got the joystick mounted in the correct way all the colors are all matching up and it basically goes up down left right button one button two start and run okay so i'm going to set the pc engine up and then i'm going to give this a go and then i'll be back Okay, so my PC engine setup, it's switched on. I've got the uh, Terra Onion SD System 3 connected to my uh, PC engine. So I've got a big, nice uh, 32 gig card full of games. I've gone in and selected the CD-ROMs so I can move up and down through the list okay. So that seems to be working. 
the start and select button seem to be working let's give lords of thunder a try shall we so let's try the run button that's looking good so press run again and we're loading up and here we go lords of thunder is running This is just coming through the rubbish speaker on my big TV at the moment. So I do apologise for the sound quality, but some really awesome music in this game. Right, now that just moved down. I don't know whether that was me doing that or what, but right, let's give this a try. Very sensitive on the buttons on the side there. That's Button one works. <clears throat> so it's just... Good sir, right, let's get into the game. Look at that. Awesome. I can actually play these games now. This is so cool. <laughs> I love this stick. This is awesome. The feel and the response is just amazing. quite a little bit of a throw on the actual stick itself but the switches are so sensitive you only just need to move it a tiny little bit yeah this is playing really really nice okay I'm not going to get carried away with that let's turn that off okay so I'm now going to button up the joystick so I'm going to get all the rest of the screws in get it all nice and neat up together Okay, so now I've got the monster joystick all set up and it's all nicely working with the PC Engine. I thought I'd just give it a quick try with a few games. So first off, we're going to start off with Superstar Soldier. I've already got this loaded up and it's ready to go. So let's let's see how it see how it plays with the monster stick. So buttons are nice and responsive to start off with, so I can get firing pretty quickly. The stick's got a bit of a long throw on it because um, it's like obviously like an arcade stick feel but the switches are so clicky and responsive that you can just move it just a tiny bit and I'm dead already but never mind so yeah it feels good on superstar soldier let's give it a try on maybe something uh, like r-type so I'll just pause and i'll switch over to that for a second Okay, so let's give R-Type a try. Just waiting for the game to start up. Yeah, nice and responsive on, on the fire button. Yeah, I like this. This is much better than the D-pad. Let's give it a blast with the super laser. Or should I say the beam? That's better. Yeah, that's nice. That's really nice and responsive on our type. Probably might be able to get a bit further into the game on that. Okay, let's try another classic that I like, and that's um, Packland. Okay, so let's get ready to go with Packland. Let's press run, and I'll um, load up the hue card. Oh, I love that music. Okay, push run to go. 
uh, oh, actually, I'm going to change. Okay, changing over to lever control because button control, I get a bit frustrated on that one. So let's let's go straight into trip number one. Here we go. Yeah, using this on the D-pad, uh, I found this a bit frustrating. It might have been because I was using the um, button control rather than the lever control. Uh, but it seem, seems to be really nice using it on the monster stick. wonder how far I can get into this now. Let's get a monster. Get to the end of this level. Yes, so that's the first level complete on Packland. Nice. Okay, well that worked really well. So overall, the Monster Joysticks PC Engine stick looked like it's going to be my controller of choice over the standard joypad that came with the console. Because the PC Engine never received an official release here in the UK, it's always been difficult to come across anything for it at reasonable prices. We have had to chance our arm on importing from eBay and other auction sites and having to pay import duty and expensive shipping costs. So having an option to get a PC Engine joystick of this quality directly in the UK is awesome. While the price of the stick does seem on the face of it a little on the high side, the fact that it's brand new, made from genuine Samwar RK parts, seems for me to offset the price, because it feels like a premium product. Also, it's cool as you get to build the kit up yourself. I love doing that, and gave a nice warm and fuzzy feeling when I completed it. Ok, in true Pixelgaden fashion, we need to give this thing a rating. As I played R-Type in the review, I think I will go for the name of the ship in R-Type. It's called the R9 Arrowhead. So let's go with how many R9 Arrowheads out of 20. For me, it gets 19 out of 20 R9 Arrowheads. Overall, really good value and an excellent stick. Okay, so if you want to get yourself one of these, head over to the Monster Joysticks website at www.monsterjoysticks.com or pop over to the Pixel Guiding website on Podbean and there will be a link in the show notes. Okay, so that's a wrap for this review. Enjoy playing all those games, everyone, and I'll speak to you on the next awesome episode of the Pixel Guiding Podcast. Battle of the Systems! <laughs> it's time for our monthly battle. And as my boy John once said, if you're going to be a bear... Be a grizzly. <laughs> we were just talking off-air during Tim's segment there about this delicious sour monkey Woo! sour. Yeah. And uh, I really like it. I have to enjoy it too, because uh, I normally don't buy sours, but I think this is the one I would buy. That's as Cody knows. I will chug a beer. I mean, I'll finish the beer usually before him when we do. Even if it's a howling pumpkin or whatever, I will drink it down because I want to just get it done. But I can't. I can't. I can't drink. I can't chug this one. No. Nope. For the record, mine is gone. Yep. And y'all are Eric and I about halfway through. Half yeah. two thirds. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> I, and if it wasn't ten percent alcohol, I would be drinking another one right now. That's so good. I really like it. You're at home. 
You got the home field advantage. You're yeah, safe. but breaking the breaking the fourth wall again. We've got a whole other episode to record, like <laughs> right after this. That's right. That's true. All right. Our battle this month is one that's close to Eric's heart. It is. It includes his favorite game of all time. It does. Well, favorite game on Commodore sixty four. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole other discussion for a whole other day. I this thought. is the eight bit battle, though. Eight bit battle. There's well, a couple of great things to think about this. So. It's it's the battle of Commodore sixty four versus ZX Spectrum. Well, we know who wins that. Well, well, let's not let's not go crazy. <laughs> let's not alienate people. But it also is the battle of uh, of of a of a game that it has a different title, but is roughly the same game and by the same author too. Well, it's more or less a sequel. Yeah, we of course are talking about the infamous. Well, not infamous. That means bad, huh? The famous. Yeah. Paradroid. On the Commodore 64. Yep. Versus the British ZX Spectrum version of a uh, sequel of the game, if you will. Because it is partly made by the same It's creator. made by the same guy, yep. And Quasitron. Same yep. So let's start with the Paradroid, because you know that game. You made a video of that game. Yep. You taught me how to play that game. I didn't even take notes on this game, because I this, didn't is, either, actually. this is my favorite game on the Commodore 64. 8-bit game. Um... Paradroid, and the game is you are a droid, and very cute icon. I have this on a T-shirt. Like I have the zero zero one droid on the T-shirt. It's a round droid that smoothly, which I love the smoothness of the. It game. is very smooth. It's actually very impressive. Yep, he floats around on a ship, and you're on a you're on a ship with multiple levels, and your goal. It's a pretty simple game, really. Your goal is to kill all or destroy all the droids in the ship now there are multiple ways to to do that with droids you can either take them over and there's a mini game where you do like the a battle of the circuits to get to take over a droid and then you you basically possess that droid and then you go through the rest of the ship but or you can fire whatever weapon that particular droid has to destroy the droids on that level Meanwhile, your energy is constantly leaking out of your droid. Which I kept forgetting. Yeah, so you you have to transfer. You have to transfer in this game. In fact, the best way to really eliminate droids in this game is to get good at the minigame and just take over droids. And then when you see lesser droids, destroy them and then transfer into a bigger droid. So that's a 001 trying to take over a 476. That's a Every- little too much to take. Yeah. Most that, likely that, the 001 is... Well, no, he, he won that one in this yeah, video. He won that one in this video, and that's that's a tough, tough thing to do. If you are in a higher-numbered droid and you fail one of those minigames, you just go back to 001. If you're a 001 and you fail, that game is over. Mm, yeah. So your goal is to go around. Meanwhile, there's these little things that are computer consoles that you can go into and look at and read about different droids what their capabilities are, if they have dual lasers, blah, blah, blah. Really, the game is just to go around and destroy the droids and clear clear decks. When a deck is complete and you destroy all the droids, lights go the out. lights go out and it gets all gray and then you move to the next level. Sometimes you'll go to a level and there'll be like crazy hard droids on that level and you just want to get out. You really got to go to a level that has droids similar to your number slightly higher or Sli- similar slightly higher or even if they're lower just go clear the clear the deck but there definitely are strategies to this game it's yep. not you can't just go around willy-nilly it's strategy slash action slash puzzle 
Yeah, exactly. Like a bunch of stuff at once. And like this guy, he doesn't have lasers. He flashes energy and like destroys everything in the room. Now you, you say that because we're watching a video of a droid. He has already a 742. And yep. Is it the 7 that creates that? What creates that, that flashing attack? That's the 742 that's in particular. That's specific particular to him. Do you have those all memorized? At this point? Uh, no, I don't have them memorized, but you, once you take over a droid, you realize... See, these 751s, they had lasers. Yeah. But they have very powerful lasers, so if you can roll in there with a 300 series droid, they'll kill you in one shot. So these you got to be real careful. These constantly killed me. Yep. So... You, If you play this game over and over again, you will learn the type of droids and and um, and and utilize them to your advantage. There are these plate things that you roll through that can re-energize your droid, but don't be fooled. You can't top off a droid. A droid's energy maximum is what decreases. I did not know that. Yeah, so you can go energize a droid, but if you, you can't keep a droid forever, it will eventually, the maximum you can charge it is, is, decreasing. is decreasing all the time. You have to jump into other droids to be successful in this game. Now, the mini game you play is hard to describe on, on without visual aids I had aids to play here. this a lot of times to figure out what I was yep. doing. One key um, tip, if I can give it to anybody, is when you're playing that mini game, wait a few seconds to see what the computer does. Yeah, let them let them like let them blow their let, stack exactly, and then then jump in, and you will be successful more times than if you tried to compete with him real time. Taking I actually over did notes. figure that out kind of on my own. Yep, but I still had trouble figuring out what the concept was. But you yep. kind of have to see it. But there's these circuits it's almost like you're hacking right like it's yep. a visual representation of hacking exactly and there's these circuits and uh, you want to light up more circuits than the opponent but some of the circuits have arrows pointing towards you which kind of lessens your effect on them the other ones point the other way which increases your effect on them now as a kid i could beat three out of the five total ships there's five ships and they oh, wow. just get harder and harder as you clear the ships um the I'm still get to harder. Clear a ship yeah, and then when you finish the fifth ship, you jump into a ship that it has it starts off with very high level guys, and I only got that from a video. I think in the, as a kid I beat like three ships. That's impressive. Yeah, I think as an adult, I mean, I can pretty, I can I can if I can stay focused and not get dis, uh, distracted, I can beat a ship. Yeah. But usually in the second ship, I get I get killed. So, um, I'm still pretty good at the game. I mean, I, I love this game. I, I never get tired of it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's just a very well-balanced, beautiful game. Yeah, I, I definitely learned more about it this time, and I got further. I cleared, like, five or six floors. Great. Which is something. Yeah. But it's definitely a game you get better at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finally figured out the mini game, and actually, that's my favorite part of it, yep. to be honest. That's the mini game right here, yeah. But yeah, it's got this smooth, top-down thing. Now, the graphics on this game, I can't describe it. Comparing, I can't compare it to anything else. No, it's really its own thing. Yep. Um, it's got, it's a very simplistic look, but also very stylized. Yep, it's kind of weird. It's and a, smooth. I mean, one thing I really well, yeah, love the, about it is two things. The sound is very atmospheric. I mean, when you're on a, the ship, I did a Twitter post on that. Just the title screen. Yep. Just what the, they do with the Sid. I mean, it's like a three minute loop of this crazy atmospheric like sound effects with like this. Yep. Droning noise of the ship just kind of it's hard to explain hanging like, under uh, life. It's like wait, what was that again? Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, 
but it's very spooky. It makes you feel like it, it, it just makes you feel like some anxiety, like when you're on. It the really decks. does. It's cool. Um, I, 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 I don't know. When I was a kid, um, I didn't buy this game because I couldn't find it. I pirated this game, but it is you pr- devil. It is probably the most hours I've spent on a game of any Commodore 64 game, which says something because this is the only thing I had as a kid. Commodore 64 was it for years. Mm-hmm. I probably had this for like six or seven years as a kid solely. Yeah. With nothing else to do. And Paradroid's one of my favorite games of all time. So each level's a different color, and it's only like two or three colors that make up the whole level. Yeah. But it just feels good. It's almost, I'm almost like, it almost feels like an art deco. Yeah. Um, you kind of have to see it to understand it. John's seeing it right now. How would you describe that, John? Putting him on the spot. To throw you under the bus. I just, uh, I mean, as an outsider looking in, it looks... Uh, you can be honest. It, it doesn't look inviting. Like, I would play it. I would play it. I'm just not quite sure on how you would take over... I mean, like I said, I'm not too yeah. privy to this, but where you would... That that smaller game you guys were talking the about. The minigame, yeah. The minigame. Uh, where you would take over, and we didn't even explain that well. So, if you hit the, so you know, a Commodore sixty four has a joystick and a one button. Mm-hmm. That's all you have, like Atari twenty six hundred. If you hit the button once, you fire whatever your weapon is. But if you hold the button down, he starts to flash. Okay, and that's he's he's in what's called grapple mode, and he can just or transfer mode in Paradroid. It's grapple in Quasitron. Quasitron, yeah. You then, once you're flashing like that, mm-hmm. you hit a guy, and then you oh. go into transfer mode. Oh, okay. And transfer mode takes you to the mini game, which if you win this, then you take over that droid. Gotcha. And that light right there has to be you. So if you're this guy, you have to be purple. Gotcha. If you're that guy, that light on the top has to be, and that's how many nodes you take over. And I will say, I will say that like. If you're new to this game, it is a hard one to understand and and learn. I've played it like once a year, yeah. watching your video every time, yep. and getting a little more understanding of it. But I can understand if it was like your game as right. a kid, yeah, you'd learn it quick, yep, and you'd take the time to learn it. But I finally learned it, and I actually really do enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but again, that mini game is my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things I still. And the good news is you can do the mini game so often in this game. Yeah, if you really want to, you can just do that every time. Mm. Yep. Um, but I'm still trying to get come to terms with the uh, last time I played it again. I forgot that you're constantly losing energy, so I need to play it again. With that in mind, like there yep. are kind of a lot of things to keep track of that eventually become second nature. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, one thing I noticed, and I don't know if this was on your version, we're watching this playthrough right now, Paradroid, and it said pick your color, and it had O U R. Did it have that when you were a kid? Did they have the British spelling of color? Yeah. Yeah, this is a mainly. Uh, this was made by Graft Gold, which was from the UK. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. So that is Paradroid. That's Paradroid. Yeah, classic title. Yeah. I mean, from what I've learned from you, primarily, honestly, and then other top ten lists and things like that. But and I made a video on YouTube of this because I wanted to teach friends how to play it. Like, I got so many things. Like everyone was like, Paradroid's really your favorite game, and so. They're like, I can't understand how to play it. And so yeah. I wanted to make that video to kind of explain how to play it. Yeah. Um, but anyway. And each level is a different color, but they're very candy colored. Mm-hmm. It makes me like the saltwater taffy colored. Almost like pastel mm-hmm. colors. Yeah, yeah, it makes me hungry. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> 
So, right. the next game. The next game, Quasitron on the ZX Spectrum. And I've been talking a lot, so I'm going to let you explain this game. <laughs> Why, thank you, Eric. Drink that sour, because I need you to get to the next beer so <laughs> oh, I can geez. drink it. All right. All right, so let me spell Quasitron in here into my, uh, again, Bing search engine, because I haven't taken the time to figure out how to change that. And I will wow. say this one geeky thing, because um, I read the instructions on Quasitron. I read It, it came out on a cassette. And if you open the cassette, the inlay has the instructions. And I have, I found a graphic of that online. Yeah. Quasitron is not a ship. It's a planet. So Quasitron is the planet. Oh, it's the well, it plays the same way. Right. <laughs> um, so I'll start a video of it here. So this is on the spectrum. So first thing you notice so is... So this is on this machine instead of that oh, machine gotcha. un- under the TV. Gotcha. So Commodore, this, or I got one right there. So the spectrum played Quasitron. Wow. Commodore played the other one. So the colors went... First of all, the Commodore 64 is known for muddy colors. And so for Paradroid to come up with that kind of pastel palette, they did a really good job of making that thing look... Yeah. Um, upbeat. When yeah. typically Commodore games have that earthy, mm. kind of grungy look to them. Yeah. Uh, Specky is known for very bright... Um, what do you call it? Primary colors. Yeah. So sure enough, we're looking at the intro screen to Quasitron. You can kind of tell it was made by the same guy. Kind of has the title... Very simple graphic. The fonts Press are fire the same. To start. The fonts are exactly the same. But now we've got red, yellow, blue, green, and pink or purple, depending on who you are, how colorblind you are. Um, but yeah, very s- simple, straightforward colors. And the first thing you notice when you start playing Quasitron, it looks completely different. So when I first turned this on, I thought two things at the same time. One is cool. Look how detailed the graphics are. Because everything is much more detailed. And I, I do want to say that the game looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, the detail is much more than, than yeah. the C64 version. Um, the so, colors are monochrome, though. I mean, So it's monochrome. Much. So this yeah. level happens to have a, a blue background on the edges. And then it's yellow and black. And most games are, most levels are one color and black. Mm-hmm. Um, but higher detail, they use the high-res mode. Because with the Spectrum, if I know correctly... You can go to high-res mode, where you basically have black and a color. Mm-hmm. Or you can do high-color mode, which is less resolution, but you get can do more colors per hardware sprite or whatever it is. This looks familiar, John? Mm-hmm. So right here, we're in a minigame. So the minigame plays exactly the same. Yep. Um, the But when I thought when I first saw this, I'm like, cool, high, it's high-res mode. It looks more detailed. looks more interesting. But I also thought, oh, crap, it's isometric. Which yes. I hate isometric, and this they're, the the ZX Spectrum or slash British slash whatever it is obsession with isometric games kills me. Um, so it's a little different because now there is actually height to the levels. It's not just a flat plane with walls. It's almost like Marble Madness. It right? looks very right. much like it Marble does. Madness. There's ramps. There's ledges. If you fall off a ledge, you actually hurt yourself. Mm. Yeah. Um, which a, I, a deep ledge, like a taller ledge. C- correct. Of yeah. a certain size. Yep. Which became an issue. Mm-hmm. And the issue I had, the first main issue is it's hard for me to c- control isometric. So I take, took my controller, which I have my little cigar box controller, and I turned it on its edge. And you have to turn it clockwise, if I remember correctly. And now your controller will actually match what you're doing on the screen. You know, going to the mm-hmm. top right will actually take you to the top right now. But then as soon as you grapple a butt, now you got to take your put, take your controller and put it back to straight because now you're doing up and down, left and right. Yeah. So I was constantly having to like move it back and forth. I never got used to the controls in this game, and you, it's my biggest complaint about Quasitron is even shifting my joystick because I tried three different joysticks. Yeah. 
even shifting it, I still couldn't get precise controls. Yep. What I did like about it is the transporter pads yes. looked like those. The, yeah. the computer monitors to get information looked like computer monitors. Yep. Um, the droids were easier to understand because their numbering system was just a letter and a number. Yep. Uh, there we go. Lights just went out there. And then these little, there's the transfer. You can see it's a little shoot. Yep. Um, I'd say it's, uh, I, I, I'm not going to say it's a better looking game. It's a more graphically accurate looking game. Yep. But I would say the pastels and the we gotta talk atmosphere about, you yeah. get from the other game yep. uh, definitely have their own appeal to them. The grappling is different. So in Paradroid, you take over the droid. Yes. This game, you do not take over the droid. You can scavenge his parts. Did which you that, notice that? I did notice that, and I never took the time to actually like read up on which parts you want and why you'd want some and not others. So you can go to the computer terminals, and you can read up on what parts do what. Um, but basically, it's like if they're a higher-level droid, you want those higher parts because they will power the weapons better, they will make your droid faster, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, like that. And if you damage the droid, then the parts are damaged and you can't take them over. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're, the parts aren't damaged, you can take them for your, and you, maybe you're a little faster. Maybe you're, and they damage when you fire it in the overworld map? Yep. And okay. maybe your laser will be a little better. Maybe you have more power before... You, by the way, the spinning of his head is how much energy you have. Oh, I didn't when pick up When the spinning of his head slows down, he he's about ready to crap out. So that's your indicator there. You're watching his head spin. Yep. So the it's like a little droid. X on top of his head, like a mm-hmm. Phillips screw spinning. Yep. And then, of course, the designation on the droids R5. That's a higher one because it goes from A whatever to Y, Z, whatever. And I noticed, like, right now, there's a there's a... A B, a B, and an R. So that's a much higher droid mixed on the same level. And that pair droid doesn't do that. Basically, if you go to a level, there will be three or 400 level droids. In Quasitron, you'll go on a level, and there's, like, crazy hard ones and crazy easy ones. Yep. All mixed on the on the levels. So ultimately, between the isometric layout, as far as gameplay is con- uh, concerned, yep. there's the isometric layout, and then there is the fact that you scavenge individual parts rather than taking over a droid. Yep. Otherwise, it's the same game. Can you think of anything else? I mean, those are kind of the... That's pretty much it. I mean, graphically, it's different. Yeah. Graphically, it's different. The sound's worse. Um, the mini game is the well, same. Well, you say the sound's the worst. I, isn't there a 128K version with a... There is, yeah. I didn't play that version of it, so I can't comment on the sound. The sound's still not what I would say is atmospheric as the 64 one. Okay. Um, but it's, it, it is better. Um... I there were some things I really liked conceptually about Quasitron, which I think you could tell the guy was trying to make a sequel to Paradroid and yeah. say what can I add to make it better, but with keeping the same flavor. Yeah, there's a there's a game called Magnetron for the Commodore 64, which is this game but on the Commodore 64. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I mean, there's some great concepts here, but the control mechanism made it almost unplayable for me. Mm. So I don't really need to ask you which one you which one wins the battle, do I? Well, you can ask me. Hey, Eric. Yeah. Which one of these two games wins the battle? I would the say Paradroid. Hey, Paradroid. <laughs> I would concur. Now so there we, there is a Paradroid on Amiga called Paradroid ninety. Have you ever played that? No. And in fact, if you listen to our next episode, next in two weeks. Okay. I did a segment on 
classic games that had sequels I'd never heard of until just now. Okay. Mm. And so you just added one to my Yep. There's one my on, list there. So I'd be eager to see what you think about that. But at first I want to hear what you think. Which uh, one's better? I absolutely agree with Paradroid. I could also not control I again it might just be the fact that I didn't grow up with isometric games. I can't control these games. Yeah. Especially this one. Like, if I play one of the adventure games like Batman or Head Over Heels, you have a little more time to, like, think ahead of time. Mm -hmm. But this one's, like, constant. And it's slower paced. And the other thing we didn't mention, it's it's slower paced. uh, But when you hit the edge of the screen, it stops the whole game. That's right. Scrolls over. It kind of goes... Yeah. If you can visualize that sound. Yes, Yeah. And then you keep playing. And then you hit the edge and it goes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not nearly as smooth, um, but yeah, it was just it was too hard to control, and I just I died more often by falling off of a ledge that I wasn't trying to, or Why trying am- to move my joystick, and then I got shot. So as you know, with an analog joystick, when you push up, you're hitting one contact, and Correct. when you're pressing down, you're hitting one contact. But if you press diagonally, you're hitting two, two contacts, contacts, right? So why not just make the control where when you press up and you're yeah, hitting that know. one contact. He goes up this way, he goes down this way, he goes this way right, and this way left. Instead, they're forcing you to use those diagonals, which don't always click those two contacts. You don't always get in that groove, right? Mine was exactly the way you're talking about it. That's why I had to keep turning it. I Well, I mean, no, I would turn it, but when you press, to get, you have to hit those two contacts on a joystick. They don't always register correctly. It'll hit one or the other, but it won't do the diagonal. Mm-hmm. So I had a ton of trouble just controlling this. I did too. I don't... No. I I would much rather just have it map up, down, left, right, and maybe just See, up would did. be up this... It, it I thought it did. Yeah, it didn't do that for me. Hmm. Regardless, I had issues with it. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, like you were saying, Marble Madness or yep. even Qbert a little bit. Yeah. How it kind of. Absolutely. It's exactly Q-Bert, like Q-Bert that. Qbert worked well in the arcade because it was set up correctly. Right. Yep. But I, anytime you play Qbert at home, you're doing the same thing. You're turning it. Yep. But the problem here is you have to keep going back and forth between turning it and unturning it and turning it and unturning it. I don't know how these. Uh, and this is a game that we and I talked about is often ranked in the top five. It is. the spectrum. Yep. And you know what? I'm going to go back and play this, but I'm going to use the keyboard. Because, yeah, as yeah. You, I don't know if you knew it, but back then, because you had to have a special cartridge to Back in the actually, olden days. <laughs> well, in, in the UK, if I was a, a little British boy. Oh, that was perfect. Um, Sorry, Tim. It's a bit nutty. We're doing our best. Um, We're just going to do Austin Powers course. Exactly. That's all I know. Um, you had to put a cartridge in to plug in a joystick. Because there is no joystick port on this. So most kids back then couldn't do that. They literally just used the keyboard to play. Gotcha. So I'm wondering if this game, like, if you use the just the keyboard, might be a little easier to play. I have no idea. But I'm going to try it. We'll try it. The only the English keyboard. accent you know is a Canadian guy in America doing a British accent? Correct. Gotcha. That's it. <laughs> That's double checking. <laughs> oh, I'm horrible at British accents. I won't no, even try it. I encourage you to continue to try. Okay. Live on the show. Just keep watching uh, Peaky Blinders. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, that's, that's Ireland, though. Is it? Yeah, I think so. I haven't so. seen that yet. I'm getting good at Danish, though, right? <laughs> oh, I'm my goodness. Henrik Lilfil. It's Lilfil. I'm going to fail at this. Uh, in my head, I'm figuring out how to do it, and I'm thinking falafel, just take the foot out of it. Now it's just falafel. 
It's like little, like little, like little, like the little abbreviation for little. Yeah, like like redneck and full. But you have to put the, the, you have to like try to stretch that U out. Like I'm heading on down to the Waffle House, but I'm a little full. Yeah, little full. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate it. But I think I got it. So I got his name. So I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna. Actually, I won't forget it now. I'm just gonna think about the Waffle House. Yep. So anyway, that's Battle of Systems, right? Winner. Paradroid. The winner is absolutely Paradroid. Woo! But we also... Yay. We also got to give it a score. We always do scores. Oh, we do, yeah. So out of 72 um, R2-D2 secret decoder arms... Okay. Secret decoder arms. (laughs) Remember when he takes his little arm and puts it in the little... Yeah, I go... How many secret decoder arms... Out of seventy-two, would you give Paradroid first of all? Me? You. Oh man, probably sixty-eight. Wow, that's very high praise. Yeah. I'll give it, I'll give it sixty. Okay. I very much like it, good, but good. I have a ways to go on it, and there's yep. probably more me than the game. Yep. All right, Quasitron. Out of what was it? Seventy-two. Seventy-two R2D2 secret decoder arms. Please eat your Ovaltine. What is the... 55. 55? Maybe that's still actually pretty high if your math is right. Yeah, my math's probably not right after this. <laughs> after the alcohol content after of the this. the sour monkey. Yeah, I'll give it a 40, 45. 45. Okay. I'm going to stick with that. I can't give it that much. I can't I can't enjoy it. I, one thing I'll give Quasitron, the look of it is really cool, and the concepts are really cool. I agree with all that, but if you can't yeah. play it, then who cares? That's true. I'll give I'll give you that. I'm gonna I'll put it at thirty five for now. Okay. Until until I can catch up to it. It might be my fault, but I'm gonna American playing a, a ZX Spectrum. Oh, Eric chugging that sour. Wow. He's gone. Ooh, that Good night. Face. Good night. <laughs> All right, guys. Well that is an episode of Pixel Guy Den. On our next episode, it's our Thanksgiving special, right, Eric? Woo! Yeah. Thanksgiving. Where we give thanks. Yep. We're gonna cover six good games. Actually they're not this is the play on words here because we're going to pick our six good games games that we should be thankful for but we aren't yeah I had a hard time with this so I'm, <laughs> I'm looking really? forward to it yeah oh, I, I had, had a hard time I had to cut it. it back Eric really wow absolutely uh, John yes thank you so much for joining yes, us thank on you very much it was a joy having you here I really appreciate you guys letting me have be here and hang out and uh, give you the normal I don't know, norm, just a normal guy version just of... Just a dude who's like, I want to drink dude beer. Dude that lights old retro games, that's all it is. There you go. <laughs> we're about games and beer, and yeah. you were into both, so... That's all right. I know is we'll play some multiplayer stuff, and we'll get you over here, and yeah. we'll, we'll all throw down. Cause sounds good. Absolutely. Sounds like a party to me, so... Appreciate it, Thank and uh, please go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. Um, all the information is going to be here at the end of the show. So, um, is there anything else we got to say? I think that's it. Well, remember, it's dangerous Dangerous to to go go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at Sanction. That's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. 
If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixel Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. <laughs>